Hello, friends. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. Today, I have two close friends here with me, one that I have known since I was in primary school. He is my oldest friend to date and a photographer based here in Dunedin. My other guest is a builder, artist, and craftsman who makes handmade surfboards here in Dunedin as well. I had a really great time talking to these two. We found a good rhythm in the second half, and I know you guys will all enjoy this one. Please welcome Dan Bellamy and Harry Bergman. Home Audio Entertainment. 9016 Radio. The show for artists of all kinds. Sit down, relax, enjoy the music. Yeah, centering him in the house. Classic, eh? Cheers to you, my friend Dan. Oh, cheers, Karen. And my friend Harry. Yeah, cheers. Thank you boys for being here. No Appreciate way. it. I oh, got you twice. Yeah. Classic. How's everyone? I'm pretty good, eh? Good. Yeah, I'm fa- fantastic. Did you get out for a surf today, Harry? It was pretty sunny for a wee bit there. Actually, no, I didn't get out for a surf today. I was going to. Um, my friend has just arrived down. I was pretty keen to go for a bit of a wave with him, but... We just got stuck into work today and then, I don't know, kind of heard some varying reports so we just stuck around at the job. Yeah. And Is this a mate that works with you on your builder job, like for you? Um, I was working with that mate but this, no, another mate had arrived down. Oh, yeah, 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 cool. yeah, two mates going on there. What is it, I, I know nothing about surfing, like how can you tell when it's a good day or a bad day to go for a surf regardless of like the weather? What are you looking out for? Well, it's actually quite... Do you have a report you go to? Yeah, it's quite funny you say that, actually, because I was just talking to this um, local guy the other day, and he was saying that one particular way it wasn't as crowded when he was younger, simply because you had to be looking at the newspaper to get your weather reports and looking at, like, the whole isobar maps and stuff. But yeah. now it's just so easy. It's just like any other app. You just go on, and it's just, like, yeah. 2.3 so metres. Oh, right. So what, do you, what is it that you're looking for? Like, what is it telling you? Is it sort of giving you like the amount of waves that are coming up or just like the velocity, I suppose, of them? Yeah, so there's like a few things you got to look for. And then I suppose swell direction would be one. Swell direction. Yeah, so like you'll get like a big sort of like northeasterly low that comes down the side of the island that's going to create northeasterly swell. Right. Whereas then you have these like southern storms in the South Pole or whatever and then or Antarctica and then that pushes up, you know, so you've got mm. – yeah, you got especially down here. You got a wide spectrum of swell catching ability, you know. So right. there's usually always a place to go. Yeah, but yeah, it just depends on the day, and then like you got to have generally like the wind coming the opposite direction. Right. So you're using it, that to your advantage, like pushing you up the waves. Yeah, isn't exactly. It? It's yeah. a bit of shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Interesting. Yeah, yeah. that's so, so intricate. Is, is it? Do you have to be quite precise in like the times that you're picking to go out, or could you really just like go out at any time and sort of? That Gamble. varies between spots. Like right. so, some places will have a very short window, and in some places will be like, they might be more of an av- average wave. And it's pretty consistently average. But generally, yeah. if it's a, like good, it won't be for a long period. So yeah, it's kind of like so you've really got to get in when it counts. Yeah, exactly. Which means you can't have a job that you know requires normal hours. Yeah, for sure. You know. Yeah. So yeah. Because how much are you working during the day? Like, when are you actually finding the time to surf? So you have Monday to Friday, I presume. Yeah, yeah. So I've just started working on myself and it's become way more chill. So I work yep. like six hours a day now. Oh, sweet. Which is like... Yeah, that's so nice. For like a builder, Yeah, that's just like the dream. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I can sleep in and then yeah. get away. So yeah. Um, and then, yeah, if there's a day that the tides don't quite line up, like I can just go on early and then, you know, surf in the middle part of the day and go back to work. It it depends, yeah, really on what those conditions are saying. Eh? Yeah. That kind of, are you looking for, like, on any given day, 
are you more likely go to go out based on like the surf forecast rather than the actual forecast? Like if it was a shit day, but like the surf was mean, would you go out still? Yeah, so I'd say the, like what the weather's doing outside, like 90% of the time, yeah, it doesn't matter. Eh? Yeah. yeah, Like a lot of the time it lines up. So if it's really wet, you get rained off work, so yep. you go surfing. But like surfing the rain's mean. Yeah, I can I imagine that's a pretty blissful experience. Yeah, it's, mm. it's kind of nice just to know that you're out in the rain and yeah. like everyone's just chilling inside watching South Park or something. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. That's cool, man. Have you been out recently, Dan, doing any uh, shooting? Because I know yeah. you're wanting to get into your surf video. Uh, Sunday and Thursday. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Is there much activity for you to get involved in at the moment? Like are you finding there's always people there if you want to go out? So you are you yeah. picking days sort of based on the weather as well? Like you know there's going to yeah. be surfers at a certain time. You can't just sort of waltz uh, over at any I time, I suppose. Kind of just like line it up with like people who are going out, and then I will usually like either catch a ride or drive with them. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Have you guys linked up like at all? Like, have you ever taken videos of Harry? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a South few Saturday. stuff booked up. Yeah, yeah. Are you are you finding a good rhythm with it now? Are you sort of figuring out the logistics of it all because you were talking to me a while back about how sort of figuring was, out the yeah, way to actually yeah. do it. Is it coming together right? Yeah. So I probably started getting more serious into it in July last year. Was it now August? Yeah, it's almost like a year ago. Um, and then, yeah, so like to try and add to that and build upon that was getting a bigger lens yep. to get like more zoomed in sure. to the subject. Which yeah, because you can't really be super serving. close. Are you actually like on the beach or are you sort of taking higher angles? Both, eh? Like, Whatever um, is it depends available on the, spot. the time, I suppose. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, like if it's. Quite, quite low tide I'd probably want to be like either on the beach as opposed to quite further back on like yeah. the, if there's like a hill or something yeah for sure I'd rather be a bit closer um, but I don't know if it's a high tide and people are quite close to you then it doesn't really matter yeah for sure yeah, you've got you a bit of advantage like pick, here, I suppose pick where you go yeah, or sure. like if there's only limited and you can only shoot from this one spot you kind of just have to shoot from that one spot yeah and then if it's yeah you just have to like try like and the drawer, make, make do, yeah. Yeah, for the sure. what you've got, yeah. Yeah. I had one of those moments the other day where um I don't know, like because you were, I suppose, learning like all the last part of last year, you know, we'd have some magic moments and then we'd have some like bits that like just missed or something, you'd be like, Oh damn, he's learning like come some slack. But then the other day, when I saw that last recent footage of yours, mm. that was just like perfect. Like every single one. Like it was mm. mean. It was just like he sussed it. Yeah, you've got <laughs> it down pat now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I was what, like, that's what, nice progression. What's, what problems were you facing? Like what was it about some footage that was not – Is it was it you just missed the clip or was it just like you are out of focus or something like that? Mm, yeah, focusing was one of the issues. Um, so like for two or three of the – I went out for probably two, just over two hours. Yeah. And probably had like 180 clips of just like – Jeez. People catching waves, and hopefully, I was I was trying to aim like aim for people going with the people that I knew. Yeah, um, but I just yeah would record anyone just to like get better practice, and then yeah yeah other than that, but yeah one like a couple of them just like went completely out of focus. Like, it was just a massive blur, mm. and then slowly got back, and then as it got back, someone was just like fucking doing a cutback or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you evened out then. Yeah, I but yeah, I mean that was only. Yeah, not too many of the clips, but I'll try 
it's good to when you like look back at it and you're like, oh, why did it do that? Yeah. How can it not happen again? Yeah. To try and like try and adjust. That's it. the whole thing, eh? You've got to figure out what works and what doesn't work and yeah. why it's not working. How you can fix it. Yeah. Is there any limitations with your camera? Like, are you finding you're sort of having to buy particular lenses to do a thing, or has it sort of gotten to a point where like uh, you're not achieving what you want? Because obviously, Harry, you seem pretty happy with these results that you're getting from them. Yeah, I, I reckon it was like that tripod, eh? That pivot yeah. on that tripod's real mean. Eh? A new one? stable. Yeah, yeah, yeah real, like, yeah. just real smooth. Yeah. Thank you. So it's like a, I got a video. I initially just had a real, like, standard sort of beginner-level tripod, which is, like, real, only suitable for cameras that are, like, really light. Sure. So if you've got, like, a big, fat body of a camera without a lens... And then you've got like quite a hefty lens on top of that. If you put on quite a unstable tripod or one that's like quite lightweight, it'll just yeah. it'll blow over. Yeah. Even in like no wind, it will just like be off balance so much easier. Are you? Do you have like? Are you behind the camera though? Are you you'll be holding it. I presume. Yeah, I'm holding it. Yeah. You um, still can't walk away from it and let it. Nah, you can set up a where you like have a remote shutter, so it's like you can either connect an intervalometer, which is like a cable release yep. which is like just a little clicker thing and you like can tap it and it's got a cable running from that little remote all the way to the camera that's connected and you like tap it and it will take a photo yep. for whatever settings you've like preset uh, and then other than that they've also got like with some of the newer cameras you can connect Wi-Fi oh, so they've developed these apps where you can from home yeah you can just like you <laughs> like you up, like make a cup of tea go on, go on the app you can change all the settings from your from your phone, yeah, and then you can set everything up, and you don't even have to like touch the camera. Whoa! So it's kind of ideal in terms of if you don't want to get any, if you're doing quite precise shooting where you don't like want to get, if you're like minimizing the amount of shake that you yeah. can get to an image because of so, like, so you're talking just still images, not for video. Obviously, you can't do that. video as well. Oh, like, really? Just like anything, if you don't want to like, if you set the focus, everything's all sussed. You just click a button and it's yeah. done and you don't have to be near the camera especially if like if say um i suppose in the context of if you were trying to take an image of yourself and you go out on your own just your camera just a tripod yeah right you can't be behind the camera if you want to take a photo of yourself yeah so then you either you could i suppose you could do it with a shutter release with the cable but then you're going to be having to hold the cable and be within sort of a meter to two meters of your camera right and it'll probably look a bit kind of weird if you're like holding a wee shutter like yeah yeah hey look at that. yeah for sure yeah no. so you can connect a camera or even like get a preset with a timer so like two seconds after you click the button it will take a photo or yeah. like 10 seconds or yeah. possibly longer and then you could be like you could set the timer on your camera click it line up the shot perfectly have it in focus all the and you can look at it and be like okay everything's all in place I just need to go to the spot mm. and then you just like click it run to where you want to be and then when you're there hopefully if you've made in time the camera will go off while you're in the position that you've like preset and then you run back to it wow. and then go check the photo yeah and then that's crazy there's so many things that you can do with cameras these days yes yeah. that's like advanced selfies it yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretty much like i've seen so like so many cool images of people and like they've just been like talking when they've like posted a photo or something. They're yeah. like, "Oh, it was just me." And I was like, "Okay, how how did you get a photo of yourself? Like when you when you've like you should be behind the camera pressing the buttons." And then it just you can people have done these massive panoramic images of like the landscape with like a night sky. So like yeah, 
stars. You can like capture the stars, and you like if there's aurora going off, you can capture that Milky Way, like all of that. And they're just like a tiny little speck in there is them. Yep. And then I don't know if you make it like more of a wide panoramic image, then it'd be probably a little bit harder to see the person potentially. But yeah, for sure. Um, if it's like not a panoramic and it's just like one photo you've done, and you're just standing on like a top of a cliff, and the Milky Way is just behind you with heaps of stars. And that's like pretty breathtaking. Pretty peachy. Yeah. yeah. And you don't have to be like yelling at someone, be like, oh, you move over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stand over the lily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, there's still still a very specific type of photography that, that I imagine yeah. you're doing in that circumstance. Yeah. So for surfing, probably not. I think you'd be more likely just to be behind the camera. You're going to need a pretty quick shutter speed as yeah. well compared yeah. to night photography, I presume. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I, prob- I would show probably at a hundredth of a second and faster Yeah. to try and capture the motion, I'd suppose, as opposed to like with the night sky stuff, I'd be doing anywhere between five seconds and 30 seconds. Yeah, get a bit um, more info in the lens in that time, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas like, I don't know, if you're trying to take a photo of a bird, something really quite quick, like if it was a bird in flight and it was just like flying by, you mm. know, oh, you don't want to get capture that yeah you get it like real crisp real sharp pretty much have it still motion you yeah. need to have it really fast Super high, yeah. but then when you take a photo and or just like trying to capture light if you're taking it at a more limited or shorter amount of time you're allowing less light in yeah right so it's going to be darker yeah. so that's when you have to start adjusting the aperture and the iso which is like just like the iso is probably like the sensitivity. What is like the prime feature that is sort of sort of saves a photo? Like in that case, if you're if you're sort of um, ramping up the shutter speed to be faster, when you start adding aperture and, and ISO, does it start to diminish the image? Like I know when you bump up the ISO, you start to get a bit not blurry, but it sort of adds more detail that's not actually there. As it start to diminish the image, it must get to a yeah, point where you've sort yeah. of overdone it. So with I suppose if you're going to have an ISO, if you're just like taking daytime stuff with like even just your iPhone, um, you can, I think most of the time you can like sort of look up the details and that kind of stuff. And it's usually quite an eye ISO. So it's like, I don't know, 100. 100 would be pretty standard to take during the day despite any sort of other shutter yeah. speed or aperture that you've got. Um, if you went any past that, it would get a lot brighter or like the sensor becomes more sensitive when you increase the value of ISO. So when you're increasing that or changing the ISO value, you're making the sensor of your camera more sensitive to light. Right. Don't know how that works. Yeah. But it just makes it more sensitive to light. So that's one of the three things. And then shutter speed is literally just the amount of time that the light is being exposed to the sensor. So if you have it quite short, you're going to have you'd be more likely to be able to capture bird, action sports, skiing, snowboarding, surfing. Um, but then if, as you go further down, you start to slow it down and then you allow the camera and sensor to capture more light. So you, ideally you'd put it on a tripod Yeah. if it was taken for anywhere. For like astrophotography, tripod. Makes like, sense. Yeah. yeah. You can do it handheld, but it's a lot harder. Yeah. Like if you've got quite a big hefty lens and you're trying to hold it, even just like holding your arms up stationary, it's not enough, it's, it? Yeah, and yeah. Like you, your hands are probably like slightly sh- not shaking, but it's never gonna the movement. Be and if you try yeah. and imagine holding a camera with a lens, it's yeah. probably going to be kg or more. Yeah. 
No ideal. That's, yeah, no ideal. Yeah. But, I mean, you can get away with it for something that's like wildlife, nature, landscape, anything like that. Yeah, you for sure. You can kind of just like quickly do it. Yeah. And you don't really have to try and do it. But once you start getting into video or long exposure, I think that's where a tripod really helps with in terms of like stability and 100%. that way you're not sort of moving it and you can adjust the focus like a lot better, take a f couple of test shots, see how they go. Yeah. And then if they're good, just keep it as it is. And then if you're doing that for trying to take a selfie or something like that, you could connect to yeah. That's crazy, man. Or you obviously know what you're talking about. Or the shutter speed. Yeah. 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 There's lots of like, I'm slowly trying to get more. Before, like, I just like bought a camera. I was like, ah, just, just take some photos, see yeah. how it goes. Yeah. But like, well, that's you the really, best way to get started, right? Yeah. But then after that, I just did that and was just kind of quite blase about it. I was like, oh, yeah. And then started to actually think about, okay, what am I actually to produce different results? What do I need to change? Yeah. And then when you look at that, when you need to like, know what you need to change with the different variables. You yeah. have to, like, learn about them, see what they do. Yeah, well, it shows it, genuine interest if you, like, someone that's coming into that as a beginner, looking at a camera, like a proper camera, there's going to be so many things that are just going to go straight over your head and that could be quite daunting, you know. So it's, it's something to be said for someone that can look at that and go, right, I want this thing to work the way I want it to. I'm going to get to the bottom of this and figure it out, you know. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot behind it. And especially if you go out, to take a photo that you've like sort of preconceived or something and you're like okay this is what i want you've been to the location before you're like all right I need to be here for this time or yeah i'll be here for this sunset for this milky way for this aurora if it's going off anything like yeah and you go out and you've got everything like preset then it's a lot e i suppose it makes just makes it easier yeah when you go sure. and actually do it whereas if you're doing it more spontaneously without any like especially with like little experience, which is how you, you sort of start, then it's like a lot harder to um, get, I suppose, what you want if you're really aiming for that image mm. in mind that you were like trying to achieve as opposed to just like, I don't know, if you're just like comparing photos that you take on your phone. Like five, ten years ago, it didn't really matter. You're just like, oh, spare the moment. Yeah. If someone's doing something crazy. For sure. Better get and it's crazy how much phone cameras have changed in that span of time too, like even five years ago. Like a photo mm. family phone, phone compared to what you're getting now, it's probably going to look yeah pretty incomparable. Yeah. yeah, but even like some people would arguably say that some phone cameras are getting better than oh shit yeah, yeah DSLR like new Samsung sort of Note phones. Their main camera is like 128 megapixel sensor. That's insane. Yeah, bro, right, mine's only <laughs> my like DSLR, which is just like your standard camera that you buy to take photos. Doesn't it's not a phone. It's just, like a natural camera. Yeah, it's got like twenty five. Yeah, like it's wild. Roughly, <laughs> it makes you wonder though. Like, surely cramming that many pixels into a camera gets to a point where it's like, surely that thing can't handle that amount. You know, because yeah. megapixels is just the the size, isn't it, of the image, or is it the size of the sensor? Uh, it's the size of the image. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So you're getting a much larger image, meaning more. Yeah, you're getting more pixels quality. per square measurement. 128. So, what? if you've got like, I suppose if you've got like an image that's only like a couple pixels, like there'd just be a couple dots, and it'd be like nothing. Yeah. But then when you've got like hundred to thousands to whatever um, pixels in the image, then yeah. So what would differentiate that phone camera from your camera if your camera is only you know, 24, 24 compared to 128, you're still getting obviously professional quality images from your camera. Like how different can it be? Surely there's not that many more pixels crammed into that image from that phone. 
Yeah. Uh, I suppose it would. I think one of the big features from their phones is that it might just come from the 128 megapixels, but just the amount you can zoom. It's like a 50 times zoom into the image so you, once you're holding the phone. You can just fucking go in on anything. Obviously, yeah. it might wow. be fantastic what you write in there with any zoom, but wow. you can hone in on something crazy. So you must have to be able to account for that by having 128 megapixels, I presume. Well, how far mm. can you zoom in? What phone is this, sorry? This is the new Samsung um, Galaxy Note phones. Does it have like a long shot? Like you know how you've got your long lens? Yeah, that's like kind of, that's built in, but probably even more than built my in. lens. Yeah. What? That's crazy, yeah. Yeah. So, so super zoom. But I don't know, surely there's just like a level of skill that still needs to be done by a human, which makes people oh, appreciate it. that will it. be the thing. Like um, the new, like these will be so limited and so user-friendly, the ones on the Samsung um, cameras, because not anyone, everyone buying a phone is a photographer, so there's going to be limited settings. So you probably just, it's probably just default sort of like, you know how your camera will have sort of an automatic feature on it that was like an intelligent feature to do that that'll just yeah. be what this is and that'll be the difference between that camera and like your camera dan because it's just the usability of it you know mm. i'll see the specs and a lot of them do have like they just have it that default automatic mode where you just like take a photo and usually yeah. you turn out and right. that's what people all want you know yeah but mostly like even with like the phone i'd, like, I'd had an iphone 5 before that you can just like go into the settings and like start changing the ISO, how far, like the yeah. shutter speed and that kind of thing. And like most of the time, they those cameras when they were coming out, they were they were average. Like they weren't amazing, but they weren't like completely shit. Um, and then they did have limitations, so you could push it as far as it went. But then if you went any further and you wanted to start doing night sky star shots on the phone that I like iPhone 5 that mm. kind of thing like mm. you, you can't really do it no you're but, quite limited yeah. yeah but then like what we're up to iPhone 10 or oh, iPhone no, whatever it's... I don't even know what we're up to anymore iPhone 12 like, is the next one to come out this year yeah so like they've got in, as, like it's got three cameras yeah like so each camera is going to have slightly different settings and it's compensating for what the other cameras aren't doing so what's so fucking then you can weird get... on these phones is that they can shoot like this phone, this new Galaxy phone can shoot in 8K, but you can't actually like view the content on your phone in 8K. Exactly, like, yeah, and that's that's really you have to wait to get it like onto your computer to actually see what it looks like. Mm. Which and is, that's, I mean, fair enough. Like that's 8K phone screen. That's fucking insane. But even 8K is to, 4K alone is. Like, you don't it's, even see in 4K. Nah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, it's going to get to a point where it's just like, it's already seeing better than our own, like, Yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. If you, if you watch something in 4K and you're going, holy shit, that's crazy detail, you're not used to that, so that doesn't, that means it's better than what you see. Like, if I was to look at a, a video of you right now shot mm. in 4K, it would look better than how I'd, like, see you right now. There'd be so yeah. much more light in the thing, which is such a weird thought. Yeah. Yeah. Surely they will have to get to a point where they start to turn that around because people start to get freaked out. That oh, like, for sure. They look at, I don't know. It just looks I don't know how much light. further you can go. Like 8K. But surely that's what we're seeing at the iPhone 1. Just like this is touchscreen. Oh, yeah. And, and to think that was only like a few years ago. Jesus. So When did this come out? 8K is 7680 pixels by 43. Jesus Christ. So that's... That's so 8K is four times 4K, and then 4K I think is like four times 1080, isn't it? Yeah, that's insane. That's so much to cram into a thing, into a yeah, 
one our, shot. Our minds take on so much random. Have you seen? Have you crap. seen 8K? No, I haven't. I've seen like I've barely seen 4K, and that like blew my mind. My TV's 4K. Um, Is it? Yeah. You've seen my TV. True. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Oh, you might not have watched anything 4K. No, nah, no. Nah, but, but like it's it's peachy. Like the only thing I've really watched on it that is in 4K is just like YouTube videos that are in 4K because I was like, mm. well, I want to see the 4K, but not a lot of content that I've actually watched. Like I haven't watched a movie in 4K. But surely it'd be like a limited amount of movies that have been produced in Oh, yeah. It'll go 4K only, only backdate for a back certain to, year. Until they like yeah, you can't enhance something in 4K yeah. or at yeah. least very well. Yeah, at this stage, that's just That's just too <laughs> much. Like no one needs 8K. The only time I could see you using something that super high resolution is if, like I was talking about before, where you need like a really high zoom. So mm. you just have that many pixels embedded in the image that you can expand it so much and still have a clear thing. So like, I don't yep. know, some sort of nighttime photography or something like that where mm. you really wanted to hone in on something. Yeah, I don't know if that even actually translate, but that's no, how I that, picture that, zoom is that, that you've got that much more to work with. That definitely like for like nighttime photography you can – that like definitely applies. Yeah. Like I've had a initial lens <laughs> that I had for um, initially taking like night sky photography because like oh what what kind of lens would be good to like actually pursue this like specifically for that. But you can also use it in like daytime stuff. Yeah. But right. I was like mainly buying it for the taking photos of like stars and aurora or like the Milky Way. Yeah. And stuff like that just because it was like really wide. So I mean you could get a lot more. In your picture or image, then if you had quite a like quite zoomed in lens, because you like got to watch, you're much more like looking, like zooming in, and that kind of thing. For so for landscape, you typically want like a wide, yeah, wider sort of field lens, um, and that was fixed at like a quite a low aperture, so it like let, allowed more light to come into the image, um, which is ideal for taking photos of the night sky or any sort of like yeah, long, longer sure. exposure. Um, but recently I just like bought a more zoomed in lens that had a, it could allow even like twice as much light in as that first lens that I was just talking about. Um, and then instead of, because it was more zoomed in, I wouldn't be able to get as much in the, the one photo. Mm. So I would then make a panorama and take multiple images of like, say I've done the Milky Way or the or an aurora or something like that, or just the night sky um, with stars in it, and then you take multiple images, and your like your iPhone or like smartphone will do that for you if you like take a photo and like spin around or whatever, and you get multiple photos. It's just taking like a bunch of photos, and then the software just puts it all together and then shows you that one photo. Whereas like when you're doing it on a camera, you have to take those photos individually. Trying to adjust for taking enough in that photo to then overlap with the next one, so you don't want to have it too short, so then you're missing something out, or too long where you're just taking like a, an, an unnecessary amount of photos. Yeah. Um, and then when you're editing it, you edit them all, and then put them all together once you're like happy with the um, initial product, and then make it Jesus. one image. That's that's some fucking admin. Yeah. But the results you can get with by doing that, especially for like night sky night sky photography, you yeah, can for sure. get so much more resolution, so like the megapixels. Yeah. And I was getting so much more detail 
and sharpness of the stars and all that compared to taking just that one photo with a quite wide lens. Um, and that way, when you're like looking at a computer or your phone or something, you can actually zoom in quite a lot and you'll be able to get even more detail of like stars that you wouldn't be able to see when you're like mm. zooming out and looking at the images as a whole. Um, so, yeah. Jesus Christ, Daniel Bellamy. Yeah. You know too much about this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I don't know. Like, I'm just at the tip of the iceberg, eh? Like, oh, that's, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. It's but, like, insane, it's, yeah. It's yeah. good when you do achieve results that you've sought out for, mm. or even spontaneously, you just like, I have that general idea. Like, I mm. want to go out and take a photo. Yeah, for sure. Or this, like, cool clip. Yeah, and sounds you don't, like you're pretty set to, like. to do what you want to do with it. You've gotten pretty much most of the way. Obviously, Harry, you're saying pretty happy with the stuff he's been putting out recently. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know. It's pretty classic. Like he <laughs> sort of, I don't know, like follows the surf conditions and asks me all these questions about the conditions. And it's pretty cool to see him like, I don't know, just amping out. Even though you're not surfing, just still... I don't know, it's like pretty fun. Being enthused with it. Yeah, yeah being excited. And that's about what you want, eh? Hey? You want someone to facilitate your hobby, you know? Yeah, exactly. Not, yeah. not that you're getting used or anything, Dan. You obviously love yeah, what it is you're used, doing. But, yeah. you know, like if you're a surfer and you want to put out a part and you've got no one to film that for you, yeah, it's pretty yeah. hard to like ask someone who isn't doing it already to come and do that for you already, you know, because you want it done a certain way. It's always yeah. handy to have someone that's enthused as you are about doing it. Exactly. It just was like perfect timing, like yeah. moving into the flat and stuff. And then I don't oh. know, there's a lot of like other boys around and stuff now. Dan's also got on the program with. Yeah. So it's kind of nice to be a bit of a bridge. Yeah, for sure. Bridge for him. Between you know? that, yeah. 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 100%. So. That, um, I saw that board you put up on Instagram today, Harry. That looks pretty slick. Yeah, yeah, classic. Eh? Yeah. So tell us, tell us about that project. Like how did you get into making it? Were you a surfer first? Um, well, that is just one of quite a few boards I've done now. Yeah. Um, From what I can see, you've done a fair few. Yeah, yeah. So I'm actually, I'll do a bit of a, I'm on 157. Holy was that heck. Board. Yeah, yeah. How long does it take you to do one board typically? So with this new resin that I've got, which is like, it's UV resin, so it like goes off just like instantly. As soon as you take it out into the sun, it's like, oh, it's like the best thing ever. Goes off instantly, like it dries or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ciao, Liam. Bye, Liam. Thanks for coming Bye, by, mate. Good luck. <laughs> Um, so it pretty much going off is like hardening, like so it's like a chemical reaction, and you got to wait right. for it to. You kind of like wet out this cloth, which is the fiberglass, and it's just like saggy, 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 and all of a sudden it'll go off, which is like going hard enough, and then it will hold its shape. So you just walk outside, and it just goes off in like three or four seconds, or maybe thirty seconds. Oh, so, and so it goes it was hours. Yeah. Right, so it doesn't go off like when you're putting it on the studio, like straight away. Yeah, but. exactly. So you have like. As long of as long as you want to work on it as well, Whoa. so it's actually like oh, it's like magic. That's wild. It's like the invention of a microwave. Yeah, how it right. Just speeds everything up. <laughs> <laughs> so you haven't always had this. What have you? You've used something that's obviously not UV. Oh, I was like, trigger. yeah, I've used it in the past, but then I don't know. I just never really used it again because I used it quite early on in the process, and then I just stuck to my normal method that I learned, and then it was because this guy home do a bit of shaping with, I actually shaped his house. Um, he, he had it. And then just because he had it, I used it. And then I realized like... Couldn't go back. Yeah, <laughs> hard to go back now, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but anyway, so it takes me like... I reckon with that method, like if I was going real hard out, I reckon I could do it in like a day and a half. Really? Yeah, Shit. yeah, yeah. What, but, do you, what do you make them from? I presume it has to be a particular... 
Yeah, but that's usually stretched over a week because I, you know, yeah, that's like a lot of work at once. But yeah, it sounds like it. So the material I use, um, there is a lot of boards that are made from epoxy, which is they use poly uh, polystyrene, which is like what you get in like crates and mm. packaging and stuff. And that is probably the way of the future. But I, I don't really like the way those boards feel. Is it like so a much. really dense polystyrene? Nah, it's not, which is like, means it's quite like, I don't know, like um, what would it be? Foam? Like really yeah. a lot of air in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. so it's like you tap it and it sounds quite hollow. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I like the classic, which is like PU, and, you know, it's not as environmentally friendly. I'm right. aware of that, but I just don't know what the balance is where they're actually just greenwashing it. You know, mm. it's like... Can that really be much more eco-friendly? Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, like I'm just going to go with the classic method, make boards that last. Yeah, for sure. And do less of them, and then that's kind of my answer to yeah. to that. You know. Yeah, it makes sense. Man. And you want to make a good product, you know. Exactly. It's, there's know. a fine line between being eco-friendly and and having something that's actually quality. Sometimes a lot of what is eco-friendly sort of takes away from the product altogether, and you sort of left with something that. It's not really super long-lasting, like you said. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. And it's like, I don't know. I've just seen quite a few boards that they're the new technology, eco-friendly, mm. all this, like, got these stamps of approval in this shit. But then it's kind of like, that doesn't really make much sense if they're breaking quickly because then that just ends up in a rubbish dump anyway. Yeah, so and that's your name on the board too, you know. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing is I like, I'd say... There's like a difference, you know, you can go into a shop and get a pop-out board and then you can get like something crafted by someone. I don't know, I've got quite a lot more of an I don't know, emotional yeah. connection to everything because I've done it right from the start. It's 100% me and not like working on this like conveyor belt line. Mm. of getting like you're just shaping and then it goes to glass, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And like that to me is just like... Oh, the you know good boards work mm. for every, like work for people and stuff. Just personally, when I'm not really what I'm into, yeah. Because I've like it was just a funny way it kind of worked out. Like my parents have a timber yard, so like growing up, and I like grew up in the country in Northland. Like there's not a lot of I'd say distractions of the city. You know, like it's quite you spend a lot of time just where well, you can't like get a ride into town to go to the skate park or something. So mm. you just got to make some projects. So I got real into just, um, I don't know, just a lot of stuff with wood. Like he used to make skateboard ramps and like I got into like carving. And then like eventually I used to make some skateboards when I was like a grom because I used to love skating. Like proper ply boards? Yeah, 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 yeah. Not you like the ply and everything or just? I kind of went like, because I was quite young. Like I think if I did it now, I'd do it, get it quite close. But mm. like it was definitely, I don't know, pretty rough. You know, like it was just homemade version, you know. Yeah. But I've seen some methods now that I'd use that would actually be, it'd be something I'd be quite interested to go back to and try like all these years later, you oh, know. Oh, for sure. With the ski- skill base you have now, surely it sort of transitions somewhat to that oh, medium exactly. as well. Oh, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it'd be, quite, be, it'd be like it's quite a nostalgic thing to There'd do, be a bit of a demand for that too here, man, as well. Yeah, well, actually, like we're on this topic, I do have a friend who was doing them, um, Joe, Joe Griffiths, his mate, Matt, they had this brand called Saigon and yeah. they used to, I think they, they pressed a couple and maybe they even brought just like templates or yeah. like like uncut boards and stuff 
and you're now making them, and that sounds pretty fun. So it'd be pretty cool to get back onto that program. They have like a proper press for boards, or did I they? I think they were doing that on? in Auckland when they were like like a couple of years ago, and then kind of you know life happens, move mm. away and stuff, and it's still sort of there or whatever. But then they just started getting something that were like pressed and stuff, and then right. you just like cut it out and then do your artwork and oh, stuff. Like right. That. And I don't know. It's pretty. Sounds pretty pretty fun. So yeah, hopefully they yeah. do that again. Sick. But yeah, then anyway, so I got onto these wooden projects um, and eventually I just made a surfboard. Um, and then just it was like, I don't know, just a thing of timing really that I made a surfboard, went surfing, found it really, really fun. So you made a surfboard before you started surfing? Yeah, I did like a couple of times when I was like oh. probably like eight or something. But it yeah. was like, I don't know. Eight? Yeah, I'd say like that. But like yeah, it was probably right. like Young one blood. or two times. Like I wouldn't really call it like they were my first surfs like I reckon I was like too young to mm. understand that experience you know? and yeah in the context of what we're saying you you weren't really like a surfer yeah that's exactly. crazy you made a surfboard first had someone sort of said to you you should make a surfboard or you just thought of oh, that's another board that I could put together it's just another project eh? that's wild it's just, wild that you surf now too because of that yeah well that's it it was just like the timing thing and then I ended up going surfing I went in for some reason like I had these older cousins of mine and they were like they're quite a bit older they're probably like I don't know 35 maybe even 40 now but like they I don't know because my family were like oh go see these guys they used to surf they used to surf mm. and then they ended up just like kind of amping that I was doing it and one of them used to coincidentally shape and he used to shape like polyester boards like a normal surfboard construction mm. not the wooden one and he said that I could he'll teach me and so pretty much he like started it off. We like got these materials and I made actually like from when I probably got into surfing, like made my first board. And that was in 2012, I think. So that was like quite a while ago. And then ever since then, I've actually never brought a surfboard. Really? Yeah. All my surfboards, uh, I've made them. Or I've So you've only surfed your boards or No, I've been given a couple of boards, like yeah. nice retro, like I don't know, collector's items almost, which I fixed up. Still handmade ones. Yeah, still handmade ones. Like I've got an interest, I've got no desire at all to buy like a computer cutboard. Um, oh, there's one Almeric Black Beauty, which would be sick. But other than <laughs> that, um, like I'm only keen to collect, I'm keen to, uh, I'm cl- keen keen to, to collect up other boards, <laughs> but like, they were got to be from respectable craftsmen. I yeah, reckon, for like, sure. Really nice quality. Because yep. at the end of the day, to me, I'm just a collector, like the the artwork, yeah. you know. So if I can get my hands on anything, yeah. that's like got a nice classic Kiwi name or like yeah. Hawaiian, South African. I'd be like keen to get my hands on that. That's the thing, eh? It's an art form too. You're you're buying the work of someone who's made that. It's not just commercially pushed out by something. So there's there's more to it than just how the board is. It's a it has 100%. a background. Yeah, definitely. And it's like fun, you know, like. I made so many friends mm. from it, you know, and I don't know. I find, you know, it's hard. So, like the first board, I'd say, would be that's like your baseline figure. So that's where you and the surfer kind of build your relationship from, because mm. then they can be like, "This I would like slightly different," or "This I'd like slightly different." Yeah, yeah. I didn't like it in this, you know, area or whatever. Mm. But then you can take the next one and develop on that. And then it keeps on happening. And then eventually you kind of get, I don't know, I like to say to people like, you've officially started the experiment. Yeah, right. Say <laughs> it real cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it's kind of like, you know, you've got this ongoing relationship. And I don't know if it's just me, but like I'm sure it's a lot of other people too. Even though it's a fun thing to do, like it can get stale. 
Yeah, sure. You know, and sometimes like changing up your equipment makes things just so much like funner. Eh? Absolutely, yeah. And yeah, so it's just fun. I love it. If you can Shaving. get something to do the job right, it's going to make it much more worth your while. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know, I've had heaps of boards for like pretty cheap and then really enjoyed making it. Yeah. You know, because I get, I'd say they're like both part of the same experience. Like I think, I wouldn't want to say this, but like, I wouldn't enjoy surfing as much if I didn't have the shaping. Yeah, and right. They both like a hand in hand. Yeah, for me. yeah. You've you've got a sort of a second, I guess. You, you've got, I guess, extended knowledge on the on the topic. You've got a, a second interest in, in the one thing, so you've sort of got more exactly. involvement in it, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm like not keen enough to go and tie up heaps of money and try and like get it into mm. this industry. Like that's the furthest thing from what I want to do. Yeah. Like I'm quite happy just doing like I really enjoy building, and it's kind of like that for me is work. Mm. Go to go to work today, you know. And I just want to shaping for a point was getting to like becoming like that. It was like work, and I was like, oh, this is not right. You know, I'm getting like just because I'm getting tired of being there is actually reflecting on some of even my results. Sure, you know, I want to want to be there, mm. and I want to. Yeah, just put that extra 10% in or extra 5% in, which makes you just look at it at the end and be like, ah, yes, I'm very happy. Yeah. You know, mm. I'm giving, confident I'm giving this product to somebody. Yeah. I'm confident that I've done my best I can do. So I would much rather buy a board, not that I'm a surfer, but much rather buy a board from someone that I knew had made it than buy a commercially built one. Yeah, cheers. It's kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That sounds horrible. I was just thinking like... It's like going to the warehouse and you could buy... Do they even sell surfboards at the warehouse? Or it's like buying a painting from oh, sure, the warehouse sure. that's like a printout and then it's like going buying even to the op shop and you're just getting a painting that at least somebody did mm. and it's real. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like I would much prefer the op shop option because yeah, at least 100%. you know that... We're talking about the phone before mm. and how all of a sudden somebody who has like got a wide skill set is taken out of their job because of this phone. And it's so, mm. so much, it's like a robot, like it's the humans. We what do you, what do you mean in particular? Oh, like the phone, you know, like all of a sudden to become a photographer, you've oh, got right, to focus right. and know all these things like Dan was talking mm. about before. Mm. But now a phone just does it so easy. Mm. And it's like that for me with the computer. It takes away the the authenticity, I suppose. Yeah, yeah we've just got yeah. a war against robots. Eh? Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And but, just... like, I think in the case of that, though, like, if you're a photographer and you want to start shooting photos, you're not going to buy the latest and greatest flagship smartphone to mm. take photos, you know. You're going to buy a proper camera. Yeah. So the only reason those, like, I, I understand what you're saying, but the only reason that those um, cameras are built that way in those phones is, mm. is because everyone needs a phone or, you know, not need a phone but you know these days yeah. everyone has a phone they're eventually you know going to yeah, upgrade yeah. a camera is just sort of a feature of the phone no one's really buying a phone just for the ability of the camera you know so it almost has to be user friendly to cover like a large base but you're um, right like it takes away from the yeah I think there'd be like a bra like fork in a road where there's sort of you know there's like people who are quite interested in it I, I don't know what like a local level or whatever mm. and then there's just yeah people who are quite happy just to sort of into the I could understand like you, Dan, if you were a photographer already and you had an expensive camera or you know you had camera gear that you were familiar mm. with and they do the things that you wanted to do, I could understand with that 
prior knowledge, you when you're looking at a new phone, you're looking at the camera features and what it can do. I can understand that when you're looking yeah. seriously at what the, the ability of the camera is. Like, I usually do this with my camera. Can I? Am I going to be able to do this with my phone? That makes sense why you'd want a camera to specifically be able to do something manually. But yeah. other than that, it's it's just the user-friendly side of it. And that's yeah. what I was saying before, how intimidating it is to like pick up a camera and like see all these features that make absolutely no sense to you. Mm. You've got to commit time to learning how to do that. And not a lot of those proper like DSLR cameras are ones you can just pick up and go. Like you can to a point, you could just put it on like the intelligent feature or whatever, yeah. which most cameras usually have for the point yeah. and shoot type. But there's so much more involved beyond that. It's yeah, like it's pretty cracker. But like, you know how you're saying people don't do that? Like, sorry to Louise, this is my sister. But um, <laughs> like over summer, uh, Lily like somehow sussed a new phone. I think like, I don't know. She got like a new iPhone, Yeah, right? And then she like took a photo of, I think it was like her and my sister's kids. And then all of a sudden my sister looks and she's like, wow, look at, it's like all f- like, the focus is on their faces and they actually look 3D like frothed on it and we're like, yeah. you know, like frothing mum, like yeah. photos of her and her kids and shit. Next week she had one because of this feature, eh? No shit. No shit. Wow. So it's just like quite funny that you said that and I was like, yeah, oh, right. I'm going to throw you under the bus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But sometimes that that's what sells these products, you know, like something yeah. that has such a crazy feature like that can be enough for someone to just go, yeah. That's surely an outlier though, surely an outlier. Oh, for sure, yeah, 100%. <laughs> oh, man. Have you been painting much, Harry? That's Actually, something I haven't talked to you about for a long time. Um, well, I'm somebody who goes through like phases, you know, like I... What like, is your workflow? Sorry to interrupt after just asking you, but I was going to ask you before, like what's your workflow like? Because you seem to have a lot on your plate. You're you're doing your tradie work. You're doing your super cutting. I'm just like all shape. over the show, eh? Yeah. yeah do you yeah. find time to do it all? I'd say my life does not fit into a routine in the slightest. Mm. Yeah. I just, um, I don't know, you know, try and make it to work through the week. That would be good. I suppose but that's number one priority in a way, isn't it? Yeah, that's number one priority. priority. And also um, I'm like just trying to suss out because I'm just like working myself at the moment and building stuff. So, you know, there's a bit... I've kind of stepped back from the shaping stuff for the early part of this year. Like, plus, I just couldn't be bothered having to deal with like shaping and stuff with mm. all that um, pandemic, like sure. stuff and like shipping materials sure, yeah. and, and and all of that going on. But it gave me time to focus on just like you know, um, like learn to write invoices and mm. all the basic things of like Proper running a business, business and stuff. Yeah. yeah, so that was really good for me, and it just kind of worked out pretty nicely. But now I'm going to start getting into the shaping a bit more, and that. I don't know why it always ends up like this, but it always ends up that I'm doing it at night after work. Mm. I'm going to try and do less of it, just like, you know, work four days a week, shape one or two days. But I don't know. It just always seems to be doing doing it at night. And I, maybe that's just what I like, you mm. know. It just, I could always make an excuse, but like, oh, I just need to do it through the day or whatever. But yeah, it always ends up being at night, just, you know, after I've had dinner or something, pretty relaxed. I'll go and I do this thing, so I go and shape a board and then it'll go to like, and 98% and I'll go back the next day and do like the final 2% just to mm. like look over it and stuff. So that all seems to happen at night. And then painting, I don't know, I just, with painting, for me it's like I'll just think of an idea and I'll have to do it and then nothing else will matter. I get really gnarly tunnel, tunnel vision of projects. Mm. So like I've always got to have projects on. Mm. I don't know why, 
But like it just always seems to be busy. if I haven't got something on, I'll just make something. Like the other day, I like had these surfboards on and everything and then I was driving in the street and just behind the Esplanade there, there there's a black house. Oh, it was brick and they've just painted it black. And there was a whole lot of really nice lemon outside there. Um, like, I don't know, they're just throwing it out, but they put it along the side of the street for firewood people. Yeah. But I was like, this is like primo. And I don't know, my parents um, like sell native timber, so I've always been pretty aware of, you know, nice native timber. And I've got, I don't know, a bit of a classic, you know, it's just nice. Like, interesting. You, yeah. yeah, it's pretty interesting. Get like, it's going. like thousands of years old, some of it. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, pretty. The, and you know that just by looking at it. Yeah, I'm getting better. But my my dad, he can just look at anything and know what it is. That's wild. And, you know, it's like we're not going to get any more. It's like a fossil fuel almost, you know, because those natives take so long to to grow. Mm. And Mm. if it's getting thrown out, like that's almost a crime, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I went and got it and I, like, laminated. This is like I should have been doing my other things, but I just, like, got on the program. Like, if I don't start this now, I'm never going to do it. So I got, like... 80% 80% of it done and now it's at a point where it's quite you know I can see the end I'm like oh, okay I'll go and just finish it like it's like half a day or whatever but yeah I'm real stoked to do that but there was like a classic scenario of just like see that project I've got to do it now and that's like, that's good though I think because that means you're really going to dedicate your time and effort into doing it and you're probably going to get a better result rather than going, oh, that would be a cool project and it gets sort of thrown to the side and you sort of half-ass it, you know. That's probably the best, from a productivity standpoint, that's probably the best way to be when it comes to doing projects like that, you know, that impulsive need to do something yeah, is a good exactly. sign. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, well, hopefully. You know, yeah. It's exactly agree. <laughs> like, I hope that's the case. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, it sounds like it, man. It sounds like you have the, the a good mentality when it comes to workflow and, like, the ability to make things, you know, actually be a creative. Yeah, I suppose, you know, the other, what is it, the old um, other edge of the blade or whatever. Other sure. Stuff. Yeah, so I suppose that is, is I find it hard to repeat a project like not repeat a project but um i can't really everything has to be unique like i find it hard to do something exactly the same for the second time Mm. i don't know why but it just seems to be like i can't sort of takes away the spontaneity of it exactly that's what it's like yeah then it sort of just becomes like a a a strainful process where you sort of just like right this is how it needs to be done and sort of takes the fun out of it you know you want then every new project you start to be just a wee bit different or sort of yeah. off the cuff so that you that's the whole experience of it you know well exactly i yeah. think that's exactly you summed yeah. it up um yeah i don't know that goes back to that whole convey about thing eh? like you feel like you're on like a not even i don't know factory floor if you yeah, just keep sure. on producing the same thing yeah yeah and so. it almost becomes like commercial you know because mm. like you were saying how painting and gear the warehouse is going to be made and made and made yeah. if you're sort of making the same product over and over and over you know, you're just sort of meeting supply and demand. You're not necessarily like making art, so to say. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, and I, I mean, would... I, I understand, you know, the time and effort that can go to make what whatever medium that it is, you know, it can take time and effort to put work into something. I lost my train of thought, but how you, you know, doing something that's individual, it's got to make it more interesting for you. And it's a different, like, yeah, I don't know. There's a fine line, I think, mm. because if you make a product that is solid and works well and appeals to a large majority and everyone wants that one thing, like if you were printing T-shirts or something 
and you say this print is available and you've got to make lots of those, mm. there sort of comes a point where you have to make a new T-shirt yeah. at some point. You know, you can't yeah. just keep making the same thing and that applies to to anything that you're making. Like there comes a point where if you're just making the same thing over and over, it's not really art anymore. Yeah. You're just sort of turning a profit, which is fine. Like nothing against yeah, that, yeah. but I don't know if that's art, so to speak. And I think the way that you think is actually how art should be made, you know, yes, or like, approached at least. I'm pretty sure like every single board of mine, like maybe there's like one or two that there's been a period of time that I've I've had a similar graphic on mm. or, or maybe it's like you'll do two at the same time and that in itself is this little like, I don't know, piece, you know, because yeah. they're two quite similar. Mm. Um, but, but other than that, they're all surfboards, you yeah, know, yeah, like, exactly. like not, not saying like you're limited to what you can do, but like, Every board is different, and I can see that from someone that has, doesn't have any knowledge on the on the topic. I can see something and go, "Well, these are all unique, but they're still surfboards." You know, there's, yeah, yeah. The, you sort if of get wasn't to that category. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's same with painting. Like every painting to me is different, but they're all still paintings. You know, yeah, there's not yeah. really much more I can do with it. And that's actually, but you're diversifying within your realm of equipment, I suppose, or your. Yeah, well, that's actually funny you say that because, like, my I don't know why it got to me once, but. My cousin just said, we're talking about this guy and he's a friend of ours as well. And he said, oh, when he comes over, and, oh, sorry, this cousin doesn't really surf a lot anymore. I put right. that out there. Yeah. So he like maybe would have been real froth on it once. Now he's kind of like the amps are worn off a bit and he's just like a bit like old sort of dude. Yeah. But he's like, this guy like only talks about surfing. And I was kind of like, oh, I don't really want to be known as the guy who can only talk about surfing, you know? Like, mm. I want to actually just broaden, like, what I do. Absolutely. Like, I would almost say, I've... So I made these business cards for my building thing, right? And, like, me and my girlfriend were making them just different. And I don't know, at the time, we, like, thought it was pretty crack up, but, like, we'd just do it. And we put craftsman, like, builder slash craftsman <laughs> on them. And, like, the amount of shit I've, like... <laughs> Got for a day. It's really? From like client stuff or just no, like... No, just from friends. Yeah, yeah like, okay. like mistaking, I know. But it was like pretty crack up. But like actually at the end of the day, like I think legit, that's what I would call myself. Oh, yeah. Over 100%. like an artist or a surfboard shaper or whatever. It's just like I enjoy projects and making them and just the whole process. I think I get this buzz of like finishing something and it's kind of like just a sense of achievement or something. Yeah. So it's nice to be able to take that to sort of whatever you're doing. And as long as you're doing it with your hands, I, I've pretty much kind of like, I don't know, it's a bit of a claim. But like since I was a grom, I was always like, I re if I want something, I should just be able to make it. Mm. So like making my skateboard ramps, yeah. making that's so skateboards. That's, so, that's such a good mentality to have, but, you know, rather than going out and just buying something cheap to get the job done you're putting the time and effort to to make it work on your own. And then you've learned that way, you know, you've learned what goes into doing that, to building that one thing and that translates to something else and you've just built a whole repertoire of obviously where you are now. It's oh, crazy. Geez, man. Geez. Yeah. Obviously very lucky that like, you know, situation grew up, my parents had a timber yard, so I had no mm. shortage of like... You had the tools there available. Mm. Yeah, we didn't have Helps. epic tools. Like we had some like decent tools but not like what I'd like now. Yeah. But then it's like had just a lot of like medium to play with, you know. Like sure. I had like 
hundreds of canvases yep. to attempt stuff on. Yeah. And like they were just so, so mellow. So there was opportunity there as well. Yeah. Like one st- one time, like this is pretty bad, but like I think it's pretty crack up. We just had some timber flying around a house and I just like my mum's like, yeah, you can use it. Not really like knowing what I was using it for. <laughs> and it turns out that I built our dog's like bed out of swamp carry, which is like real like. You're speaking good. to a wooden office here, is yeah, it? Yeah, it's, like, it's, like, it's like really good wood. It's right. like carry, but it was preserved in a swamp for like thousands of years. So like Whoa. I'm pretty sure it's like pretty much that's eventually what turns into oil. No shit. I'm pretty sure. Whoa. Yeah. So that was like just a classic scenario. Yeah. Dad was like, I don't know. He thought Not it was pretty funny, but like he wasn't stoked, but he wasn't like, he wasn't got it either. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Have you still got it? Nah, I don't know. It was like pretty, nah, I don't think so. What would you save <laughs> that kind of wood for though? Um, so you'd use it like, for example, like floors or this table that all your gear's on. Like sure. Really nice one. Yeah. Um, you'd use it, yeah, like a lot in kitchens, like back in the day. Not so much swamp carry, but like those sort of natives and stuff were used for everything. And that's probably what, like that's one massive thing with building now is the chemicals because they're using, they're growing fastest growing trees, which is like pine. Then they plunge it in heavy chemicals Mm. to preserve it. Whereas back in the day, like these trees, because they had like natural oils and stuff, like they obviously were a lot probably denser and stuff because they took a lot longer to grow. They just were naturally, they had sort of preservatives and stuff in them. Mm. And like, it would be interesting to see if the houses that we're building now are still like some of those ones through the the bout in Dunedin, like those mm. are such old houses. Yeah. And like, there's a bit of rot and stuff now, but you got to remember like damp conditions and it's just been like uni students and stuff, yeah. like just leaving windows. That's going to ruin any them. kind of timber though, isn't it? Oh, exactly, yeah. yeah. But it's like pretty... Amazing that they're still round. Yeah. In like pretty good condition. Yeah, for sure. Mm. So that's what they're used for. It's just they used to be the best. Yeah. But now it's just quite limited. So you just save it for like nice feature things like tables. And yeah. And, and that would sell for a decent price. Yeah, imagine. yeah. Like like a decent price. And that's why I'm pretty keen to get into like the recycling side of it because then that is genuinely like mm. all this stuff with that table was going to go into the skip. Yeah, right. So it's like at least now that's like a really good material it's been in the house for like over a hundred or whatever, like how many years, like a long, long time. And now it just gets a second life. So I don't know. Yeah. I kind of like am quite excited about that. I'm pretty keen to get some more furniture stuff, you know, opposed to yeah, dude. just because the chemicals and the shaping for me is the one big draw card of the day. Yeah, I saw, I went through your page and just watched a few videos and see see you painting it. You've got the full respirator on. There's, you have to obviously have to be pretty careful with the resins and stuff. Oh, yeah, it's just alley chemicals. Eh? Yeah. So, like, I don't really plan. I don't really have any desire to, like I say, do heaps of boards because then it becomes a job. Yeah. And also it becomes pretty hectic on your body. Sure. Just try to limit it. Give yourself a little bit of time between mm. each one, mm. a few days to air out and get, you know, be having a cough it up or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But, um, and that's why I'd be pretty keen, end game, get into some furniture. I want to start trying to get into making like, I don't know, it's just an idea. But like, I'm going to try and make a series of chairs around that mm-hmm. table, mm-hmm. but out of driftwood. Mm-hmm. 
I know it sounds like pretty like <laughs> cliche or whatever, <laughs> but I reckon it'd be pretty mean because at least it's just I don't have to deal with any chemicals. Like that's pretty good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you just mm. have to stain it, I suppose. Yeah, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, you could, really you could rub oil on water based stuff. Yeah, true. And that yeah. would be pretty clean, but okay. I don't know. You'll, you'll see what happens. Furniture, <laughs> dude. That's such a good market to get into. Yeah, people need furniture. Yeah, exactly. People gotta sit down. And I don't know. There's there's always a cheaper option now, but I. I don't know. Hopefully, people like quality. Yeah. And I don't mm. know. Supporting. I like the idea of trying to support local businesses if I can. I'm mm. not perfect, but like, I try and do that. And I'm oh, sure there's a lot trusts, of other people yeah. trying to do that. Yeah. So, seems that like I you don't do know. what you can do. You know, there, there comes a point where you might not actually be able to buy local for the thing that you need. Yeah. No one's going to kill you for that. You know, yeah. you're still supporting some business to some point. Yeah, the, there's no, there's no, you know. Shopping local is is you're kind of doing that anyway. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, aside from going to the big chain stores and that sort of thing, shopping local is pretty easy to do. You just make sure, I guess, you're picking the the smaller businesses rather than the larger ones, and that's that's pretty easy to do as well. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Should yeah. we take a wee break, boys? All right. Have a wee yeah. breather. All right. Maybe a smoker. Yeah, but all right. Okay. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that it said Freud. I thought it said Pink Floyd. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. that's that's the plan, right? And think, but not a lot of people see that and get the like picture comparison. Yeah, yeah. I don't really get it either, to be fair. But I just sort of learned about him a wee bit, and I was just. It's just like it just the cool anyway. like a Freudian slip, like that that term. Oh, you did know about this because you did psychology, yeah. Yeah, like a Freudian slip is, I'm pretty sure, like based off Sigmund Freud. I don't know why. Freudian but slip, did you say? <laughs> yeah, some real Albert Six moves, like, okay. yeah. <laughs> like, like if you say something like, oh, "I want to get my beer out of the fridge," and then you're like, oh, "I want to get my fridge out of the beer," or like something like that, <laughs> just like something out of it. I think that is what a like. What is like kind of termed a what did you Freudian call it slip? A Freudian slip. Yeah, so like F E R. Yeah, like. Do, Whoa, first result. Yeah. An unintentional error regarded as revealing subconscious feelings. Unintentional error regarded as revealing subconscious feeling. Interesting. So you just. you just Do, do examples. Oh, what is a Freudian slip example? These slips supposedly reveal the real secret thoughts and feelings that people hold. Typical examples include an individual calling his or her spouse by an ex's name, saying the wrong word. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like, say if you're like, a, news, like a, an an, word. an anchorman and you're just like a news presenter or something and you like say something that's like, oh, it's a big, massive, big sculpture or something, you're like massive, big, you know, like, I don't know. Right. Like, just like you, you say something that shouldn't right. have so come you, out and then like were, the context could be applied to something that like is... Physical action that occurs due to the interference of an unconscious, subdued wish or internal train of thought concept as part of a classical psychoanalysis. Dude, that's crazy. So, you know, if you're telling your your girlfriend that you weren't cheating on her, but then you actually accidentally said the girl's name or something. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Or like yeah. accidentally said that you'd been somewhere where you... Or yeah, you said yeah. you hadn't been somewhere, but you actually had been, and that leads to... Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. What about you see on the movies, the people who sleep talk? You know they are sleep talking. They're like, yeah. 
I don't know, just admit a whole Say lot of shit. Say some shit that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. wake up, I don't think girls are gone, whatever. <laughs> that's, a, that's a weird thing, man. Do you guys, do you, has talk. anyone told you that you've slept, slept, sleep, slept, talked? Yeah. Slept, talk. Nah. I think I think everyone's probably done it here and there. Yeah, but like you I don't know until unless, unless someone hears. Yeah, but you might have just said something, you know. So you might not have had a full-on, like, talk, but you might have just said, like, a couple <laughs> of words or something. Yeah. Especially if you're in, like, a really insane dream where, like, you're fully immersed, like, you're in the dream and you almost know you're in the dream. Yeah. And you, you might say something, some sort of dialogue in between there. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, that's yeah, that's crazy. Eh? <laughs> I uh, it's not it's, it's not a weird thought, but it's just it's just it's weird because you're not with it. Like you're just like you go to sleep and it's like you're awake and you're conscious and you're like doing your life as you do, and then there's just this whole period of our lives, like two, oh, not two thirds, one third, yeah. roughly of our lives is spent on in this unconscious state mm. where we're not doing anything, but we're still like you do your recovery. Like physiologically and everything while you're sleeping, as well as like just resting from like moving and yeah. weird, like all the stresses. It's that weird you have what in life. the mind is capable of achieving in that state too. Mm. Like how you like a dream on its own is a strange thing, but it's really just a oh. thought that you're not controlling. Yeah, but then again, a lot of thoughts aren't controlled at the same time. I was um. This is weird, eh? Well, I just got like a little story. And I said, when I was walking out of the door tonight, my mate was like, he's the one I mentioned earlier. He's like, talk about me tonight. It was only just like crack up as (laughs) this kind of relationship. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to talk about him and tell his story. All right. right. Go ahead. He's like a very good mate of mine. Right. Um, What's his name? His name's Callum. Hi, Callum. Yeah, yeah. hi, Callum. Um, he's standing me at the moment. And I remember one time we were, like, going on this surf mission early the next morning. And Bring the mic a wee bit oh, closer. Sorry, sorry, sorry. All right, check, check. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just pull it. Okay. Pull the top of it a wee bit. This, yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, go who with your story. Yeah, right. So we're staying, staying at my house. You know, this was, like, I don't know, maybe... You know, I said I put a number. I say we were like 16, 17 maybe. Then we stayed at my house, and we were like sharing this double bed, right? And then my mate Jack was on the other side of the room, and my mate Callum would always go on about how he's got these hectic, like he'll be sleepwalking and yeah. just wake up the blood nose, like all these like real crazy <laughs> things that go on. Yeah. And then, like I was just lying there, like. It's probably already like one in the morning or whatever, like we're having trouble like getting to sleep, me and my other mate. He's passed out and all of a sudden he's just like, fuck you, like, fuck it. Like, this guy's like <laughs> swearing at me, like in his sleep. And he's like, sleepwalking Like sleepwalking like quite like <laughs> aggressively. And then I thought he was like just joking, right? And then my mate Jack even heard it on the other side of the room. Like it wasn't just me. And then like I hit him up about the next morning. I was like, that was like uncalled for or whatever. And he's like... What, what do you mean? About? What are you on about? And he just didn't remember it, eh? Yeah, it yeah. Bloody talking shit. It was classic. Just a straight up insulting you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe you know <laughs> must have hit uh, must have hit a Freudian, Freudian slip. And slipped on you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that dream was, eh? Like, yeah, I know. No, yeah. <laughs> and that that is probably like a dream where there ha- he's having a dream about the situation that you're in. 
Yeah, like yeah. You're, you've already had the, not had the dream, but you're, you've had the scenario presented to you. Yeah. And you're having the dream then and there about that moment. Like your subconscious is that like close to the reality that you just have that dream straight away. So it probably like the dream probably was just what you guys were doing. Yeah. But he was just dreaming <laughs> yeah. and coming to you. He's like, fuck you, Harry, piece of shit. <laughs> Whatever the fuck it was. Just going saying. off of yeah. Yeah. Like, That's so Whoa. funny. Sleepwalking yeah. is really odd. I understand like dreaming and talking in your sleep. That makes sense. But getting up, up and moving and eh? moving around, especially like if you can actually maneuver through, like if your eyes are closed and you can manipulate, manipulate, maneuver rather through your house and not like walk into anything. Are your eyes closed do, though? I think they are. I feel like maybe they're actually That's open, even eh? freakier if they're open. Oh, but like are you seeing, I mean. Because you hear about people driving like. Driving cars, like I don't know, maybe that's a crazy yarn. I'm pretty sure. Nah, I think no, like there, there, there'd yeah. be people who have just like, if you think about any skills that you've learned, and it's just dialed down, and you know how to open a door, how to drive a car. Doesn't matter if you're conscious or unconscious. It's like, like you've got those, memory, yeah. yeah. But I mean, if you've got someone who's never drove a car, like say a 14 year old or something yeah, who's yeah. never like driven a car, it's not like that they're gonna like walk out and drive a car. Yeah. Whereas if you've got someone like us who's like. And 20, 23 to 25, driven in cars before, have their own car, and you know yeah. what's going on, but then how, like, you might be able to make do. That's so freaky that you can be unconscious, but be up and like moving and your eyes open. Like, are you, are you actually, does your vision become like part of the dream? Like, that's just such a weird thought to think mm. that you can basically look like you're conscious and walking around, but you're actually. Not with it. Unconscious. Like yeah. that's that's so bizarre. Surely you have some people who do it more regularly than others though. Like you have some people who dream. Oh, sorry, sorry. Some people who snore. Yeah. And it's people people won't snore. Mm. Surely some people are just sleepwalkers. I feel like I think I may have sleepwalked like once. But then you hear of some people who are like, I don't know. Reek right like on a regular right? cupboard or something real buzzy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like <laughs> like surely that sounds a more plausible sleepwalking <laughs> story than going and driving a car you know they yeah, just needed yeah. to pee and they tried to find the toilet and they just ended up in the closet yeah <laughs> it'd be pretty scary though eh? being going to sleep every night eh? just not knowing what mission what could happen to <laughs> or, or waking up like in the wardrobe like you go to sleep and you'll be and you wake up you in know, the wardrobe what the fuck am I doing like in a my different jacket? room like, that would be that would actually yeah. be really uncomfortable yeah. like if mm. you didn't know that you sleepwalked and you just woke up like in another room or just like on the floor, that would be pretty scary to wake up to. Yeah. Pr- I've heard something, again, I don't know if this is a yarn, but like you should never wake up somebody if they're sleepwalking. Yeah. Because they can freak yeah, them no, out. Heard that. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it, you know. If you just wake up and you're like standing in the middle of your hallway walking in the kitchen or something and someone else is there, you're going to fucking shoot yourself. Surely. Yeah, yeah, that'd be so gnarly. That'd mm. be terrible. I'm like pretty buzzed out when people just like wake me up in general, even if I'm just like still in the same spot in my bed and someone just wakes me up and they're like, get up, Dan. And I'm like, I can't remember the last time anyone's ever woken me up. But yeah. No, neither. But like, it's just like, it's just last weekend. Real abrupt. (laughs) It's like, you know, it's peaceful days. Like, yeah, I'm resting. Yeah, man. It's probably at a a ridiculous hour of the day, Dan Bellamy, Mr. Sleep, still two or three in the afternoon. 9 p.m. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> you're just like, yeah. If someone's just like disturbing you from that state, you're in, you're like real blissful. Yeah. Nice and cozy in bed. It's oh, cold na- outside. Naturally, I mean, getting woken up from the cozy bed is, you know, yeah. but it's not like getting woken up 
well, you're sleep standing. Or, yeah, but I mean, if you're, say if you're sleepwalking and you're like cutting a banana, you just make some food and you're like cutting up some vegetables or like cutting can't, like can't you. Your finger off. Yeah, and you've got a knife in your hand. Like, definitely don't wake that person up. Oh shit, yeah. no. no. But like in general, you could, you probably could just wake them up. <laughs> just see what keep your distance. Yeah, but like, what are they going to do? Like, they're either going to continue their journey of whatever they're going to be doing while they're sleepwalking, and then somehow return to bed, hopefully, or they're going to wake up with whatever the fuck they were doing. Just end up cooking your mean mm. feed, eh? Go back to yeah. sleep. <laughs> yeah. Bro, you still just let, him, you just let him cook the meal. <laughs> yeah. Take the meal from under them and just let them go back to bed. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I like that too. Though. But like, there's, no. Nah, in that case, if, they, if they're chopping something up, they've got a knife in their hand, you don't want to, you don't want to wake them up then because nah. they might m- make some sporadic action or throw something or. Mm. Oh, imagine that. Throwing the knife at you. Yeah. yeah. Or like, fuck. If yeah. if you're if I guess it'd be different if you knew you were a sleepwalker and you knew you knew that you were prone to to doing that and you were in an environment or a household where others knew that you sleepwalked and you had to deal with you yeah. and you'd, you'd probably get used to sort of waking up in shock and would probably be able to react a lot mm. quicker. But if you've if you've just if this is like your first sleepwalk ever and you go up and start making food in the kitchen and you wake that person up, you'd you'd be in total shock. Yeah, just yeah. being being. Oh, oh, I can't even. I can't even fathom waking up like standing up. You know, yeah. Matt, it could happen tonight. That's wild. <laughs> a bit of bit of bit of fucking not now that we've talked about it. <laughs> yeah. What sleepwalk? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it might happen. Now. I wonder what really causes sleepwalking. Just, like, what is it about sleepwalking that, like, what triggers it? You know, mm. I really like real interesting. You get like a brain, like a brain scan, but like have like somehow like hook like a brain like a cap like a you know those like swimming caps that have got like electrodes mm. attached, attached mm. to it so they can like measure like impulses mm. and stuff for the brain like just like attaching sure that to someone brain. who's prone to sleepwalking and then when they do actually sleepwalk kind of measure like well, what's look, actually going on what it's saying here is. what are the causes of sleepwalking sleep er- Sleep experts believe that sleepwalking normally happens when a person is in a stage of deep sleep and gets partially awoken in a way that triggers physical activity while remaining mostly asleep. So you're not completely Wait, out of it. So it's like it, when you're lucid dreaming, like and you're in control of the dream. Like woken. you know oh, you're in a dream, but you're still like unconscious. Or like when you when you sort of like wake up in the morning, but you're still like asleep. You just sort of check the time and you sort of fall back asleep. Like you're not really awake. Like you're awake, but you're not totally there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's more plausible as to why it happens. Like you can't completely so sh- out of it. But. So should it be called drowsy walking? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta change drowsy. that one, eh? Partially awoken in a way that triggers physical activity. Oh yeah, it makes sense. But still, like, yeah, I. <laughs> it's a pretty scary thought. Yeah, no, that's gnarly. Nah, just like if you're a sleepwalker, just like drinking people just get, they just give their keys to their phone. They're like, all right, it's bedtime. Well, fuck. Lock my room. Like, don't lock it from the inside because if you've got like enough motor control to like get up and start walking and open fridges and all this other yeah. stuff, like, surely you'd be able to just undo a lock, especially if yeah. people are like sure, getting into their good, cars. That's good prison. Just locking some in their room, yeah, yeah. No, you'd you'd have measures in place for certain things. I presume you'd have sort of habits, like if you're if you're getting up during a sleepwalk and you're just sort of doing things around the house, mm. 
there's, you're sort of limited to that, I suppose, in terms of like what you know or what you're able to sort of interact with in the time that you are sleepwalking. True. Surely there's sort of a point at which you figure out what this person is doing when they're sleepwalking and just sort of stop, like even mm. if it's just like child locking the fridge or something. Yeah. So that they can't yeah. tamper with that or like putting any extra, extra lock on the door that they don't know about. Like it'd be a very interesting thing to, to have to deal with. But you'd want to be making sure they're not going outside you probably get used to what they're doing inside the house, but you don't want anyone like driving off while they're half asleep. Like that could <laughs> yeah. be pretty detrimental. Yeah. I wonder what happened to these people like driving their if they like driven their cars. Or was like, did they like drive back home? Do they like go get petrol? Do they go get a food like some food? Do they like crash their car? Like, what was the outcome of these people? Yeah. Who I, have driven I wonder like, what it takes to to really wake someone up during it as well. Like if you're, and if it's in the middle of the night, if you're on a mission and you're sleepwalking and you've just gone out somewhere, like it probably won't take much to wake you up, but it could be so little that happens um, in terms of social interaction that it gets to a point where you you do just end up back home because you've sort of made the mission, you know? Yeah. You like you must always, always return home, surely. Mm. Like imagine just waking up at like the cafe down the road every night, you'd be like, fuck, like this has to stop. Not again. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously that doesn't define her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's been done. Man. Sure yeah, but like everything these days shit. is so automated that like you could go fill up your car. Yeah. Like a 24-7 yeah, thing. True. Don't have to talk to anyone. You just go swipe your car, fill it in, yeah. put your pump in the car, done. You filled up your car. So you could wake up with like not much like petrol Going in your car and you wake up and you <laughs> got a full tank and you're like, out. oh, gee, mean. Like, yeah, yeah. how do you get this free petrol? And full you're like, tank. Yeah, and you're like, you bank free something later and it's like, nah. you spent money. So you and you're like, yeah. no, I didn't. It's been pay waved out. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, my friend Hamish, I heard a story about him. He, he didn't, he's not a sleepwalker, though I think he had sleepwalked a couple of times. Um, he had like a full on, episode where he basically so he was staying at my friend Tane's house and he had sort of woken up Tane had woken up in the middle of the night because Hamish was sort of yelling almost mm. and it got to the point where Haim was yelling so like what's the word you know so concerningly like I suppose like you hear that and you're like holy fuck something's happening he'd be like no, get the hell off me or mm. stop it, stop now sort of thing. Yeah. Tane's going, what the fuck? Not having a big history of of doing that in his sleep sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, so Tane bolts it. Tane like gets out of the house because he thinks someone in the ha- is in the house like doing something to hate. Oh, wow. Like on a, oh, on a no. like murder style scale. And like, he bailed. He just like oh, no. jitsed it. And t- Haim's there just like screaming. Potentially getting away. Like I and that's like how crazy it can get mm. and how like out of the dream you can become to the point where you're literally yelling and like actually reacting to something that's happening in your head. Yeah. That's, okay. that's just wild and I, scary too. Like imagine mm. that happening the first time, like someone in your family just had like a dream where they're just screaming. You've never heard of, of that before happening that. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. them before. So they're just yelling. So your thought was like, holy shit, someone's in the house, like, doing something to, to them, you know? Mm. 
Yeah, I've got actually two classic stories for you. The first one is pretty much exactly like that. <laughs> so, again, we met Callum. We like... What's up, Callum? We went on this like hunting mission, my dad, when I was, I don't know, like 15 or something. And then we're in this like hunting lodge and it was just like me, him, my dad. And then like me and my dad just woke up in the night to Callum just like screaming. Like it sounded like he was yelling out my brother's name for some reason. I don't even really know why. Like at that point, didn't you really know my brother very well? Yeah. But he just ye- sounded like he was just yelling like Billy Bergman, like Billy Bergman, Whoa. just like screaming at the top of his voice, say like loud That's as fucking scary, scary. Like it sounds world. funny, but being in that like in the middle of the night, waking gnarly. up to someone screaming like yeah. someone's name, that's awfully frightening. It was dude. not. And he woke up in the morning, didn't know anything about it. Fuck. And then and the other story was sleep, <laughs> sleepwalking, and the pissing in the cupboard comment, cupboard comment earlier came in. And I was that's like, a real thing. So one time this would like, I don't know, this is like, I think this is the last year of high school and we went to like, I don't know, in Kerry here we have this um, this little pub and no one really goes there all year but they have this one Christmas do and it's like <laughs> every single person goes there. It's classic. So you see like everybody, you know. And this new guy who was around, his name's Marcus. He was a pretty, it was a bit of a loose unit to be honest. Today. And yeah, so... That night, he was just real keen to drink heaps of Waikato Draft <laughs> for some reason. He was just like, my flatmate drinks Waikato Drafts. Like, yeah, these Must are the get shit. Amongst Must get amongst it. And then we went out that night and uh, we just kind of got like pretty pissed. Like the same, it was actually quite cracker, like the same girl I'm with now, Lily. I remember that night for some reason, I think like, I don't know, I just didn't have to feel like having to like talk to a brother and sister like yeah. 18 like pretty pissed and <laughs> shit you know and then just like sprinting away from them down the street <laughs> <laughs> so it was pretty crack up um, but then that night I stayed at his house and we like fell asleep in the lounge and I just woke up like two hours later to just like splattering my face and then I look what? up and he is just like standing in the middle of the lounge oh, with his bro. eyes closed, just like laughing in hysterics, just taking a <laughs> piss in the middle of the lounge on the floor, like full sleepwalking, like just so close to just like getting all over me. Jesus. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's gross, man. Yeah, it was gross, but it's pretty crazy. And, and it was sleepwalking like you had no idea what it was doing. Did, yeah, yeah. Did you... I like left the next morning. I like left early the next morning. And so you didn't like, wake him up pretty like, much. I haven't hung out with him much since. So. You just went back to bed. I think he, like, moved, he, like, got up, pissed, and then walked to his bedroom. So he, like, kind of left the lounge. So you didn't wake up and be like, dude, stop fucking pissing. Oh, yeah, I woke up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, well, what's going on? But, like, I was also like, I don't know. Then he just walked to his bedroom, and I was like, obviously, he's, like, sleepwalking or something. (laughs) You'd probably be in shock as well, waking up and being like, what's going on? Yeah, like, woke up with this real, like, vague memory of it in the morning, eh? I remember, but then just seeing it, there was just a wet patch in the lounge. Like, Not just sometimes dream, you just don't want to know that it, it definitely happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, classic. Good times. Things man. we do for fun. Oh, <laughs> pissing on people. Mm. That's a good time. Or very near to me, not actually on me. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough to be of concern. Yeah, yeah it wouldn't be COVID friendly. Oh, jeez. <laughs> no, okay, no, that's not even a joke. One right. thing I'm realizing with this COVID thing at the moment, and I, and I don't want to complain about it because, you know, we're the luckiest country in the world pretty much to, to, you know, be in the position that we are with it. But going out shopping today 
going into like five or six stores and having to sign in and sanitize at every store I went to it was kind of like get the scanner like it's not hard like I don't, I don't want to complain about it because it's really not a big deal but it was like it's more just the fact that like it's peace of mind I suppose for the business and for myself but like having to sanitize my hands like if, if I've gone into one store and just sanitize my hands and then I have to go like I haven't touched anything but go in the next store and have to do it again it's yeah. really just like it just becomes a bit tedious and having to write my like number down every time. I should or should really just get the app. That would make life yeah, easier. Yeah, actually like it makes life real yeah, easier. Yeah, I haven't I haven't yeah. I haven't um thought to do it, but I just today made me realise I was like, I probably should just get the app because that was getting really old. Like and, and there was a, the thing I like might not have even been in the store for that long. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I just sort of wanted to go look at shoes and sort of signed in, sanitized, went in. Like, oh, no, there's nothing and went out again. I was like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have even just gone to the store. And that's sort of what I realized. I was like, mm. you want to support your local businesses, but it, it's just there's too tedious to, to do that every every store that you go into, especially mm. if you're shopping around and you're going into lots of places. It just gets kind of old pretty quickly. Yeah, there's not as much uh, browse time now. Yeah, there? exactly. So yeah, you, you sort of almost have to really make the commitment to go into the store that you want to go into. You have to be like, there's definitely something that I want to look at and I'm sure there's something that I want to buy in here rather than sort of faffing around like just having to browse at places. And yeah. that's sort of what I've made me feel guilty about. I was like, I didn't really need to go in there like that. Not that I really did anything. I didn't pick up everything that I was looking at. I didn't touch anything. But still, just I just didn't even need to be in that store at that time. Like I, I just knew yeah. what I wanted. I should have just gone there and boom, done it. You know. But then when you like apply that same situation to when we when we were in COVID, like you were just like probably done it anyway. How do you mean? Like you would have just like gone into a store and browsed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not touched anything. Just looked. But that's out. what I'm saying. Like even doing that now is just it's just it's pointless. Like you you just sort of have to take that out of your regime. You know, just mm. if you're just window shopping, you don't really need to be doing that right now. Like you don't need to be taking yourself out of your house to go and do a meaningless task to mm. eventually mm. catch or spread this thing that's out there. You know, like if you just if you know you're not really seriously going to buy anything, yeah, there's really no point going shopping around. You're just sort of adding to the to the problem in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, where in, in my case today, I knew I was going to go to get some shoes. I was going to going to go home that day with some shoes. So I was going in and seeing, you know, the best mm. option. You know, I wasn't just dawdling around like, oh, I'll check out some such and such. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's not super severe at the moment. I don't think we have to be too vigilant yeah. about it. But it's still like, oh, man, there's probably a couple of stores I didn't really need to go it's into. On the horizon. Yeah. I was like, you know, it's on the cards potentially. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, you've got to, you've got to take precautions where you can and what's you know, mm. easiest for you. But I mean, fingers crossed it doesn't get any further than, than we were at now. But you sort of have to think of what the probably inevitable was going to be, you know. Yeah. Can't and keep it away forever. Best of luck to all the people up north in Auckland. Oh, this lockdown and stuff. Like, yeah. We've got it lucky down here. Yeah. For and sure. you guys haven't. So. You know? Yeah, it's just it, it just comes down to a population thing. I think like the the I don't know what the population in Auckland is like compared to here, but it's much easier for it to, to move around up there because there's just more people in a more compact sort of place. Like Auckland's not a huge city really on the on the grand scale of things. Yeah, like, it's like the, but the amount of people up. that are in there yeah. is crazy. So of course, like it's there's going to be. More opportunity for it to jump around, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas down here, we're we're a lot more spread. Like, there's still a tight knit sort of community, but 
in terms of like landmass, and, and if you're looking like central as well, it's pretty yeah. widespread. Like this, and it's not super overpopulated, and because there hasn't been any tourists, like in Queenstown, Wanaka, that sort of stuff recently, mm. not a lot. Like there's there's not that many people that there usually are, so it's pretty easy to sort of keep it at bay. If, if everyone's sort of abiding, abiding by the rules and that's one of the big things about our country is that a lot of people are abiding by the rules, like no no trouble and I think that's why we were able to deal with it so well mm. is because so many people are just willing to adhere to, to the rules and what the government's saying, you know, yeah. as opposed to countries like America where it's terrible. You've got such a large mass of people being taught to do something by one person basically yeah, and no one's willing to really listen to reason, especially after this period of time people are going insane in their house like mm. of course people are going to start of course americans are going to start i don't want to bash americans but that's just the culture like you're not going to keep me locked in my house for five months or whatever so i'm going to mm. go out and do fucking whatever i want to do mm. but it seems mm. to be just the general consensus at the moment is just the mask is what needs to be done like i, th- I think all of the theories about you know how it's how it's um you know passed between people or whether you can actually pick it up from a surface or not it seems to have all gone out the window like there's not a lot to talk about at that moment at that at the moment it just seems to be mm. wear a mask and that seems to be how to solve all things it's just wear a mask keep your distance and it's mainly keeping it at bay i haven't looked at the numbers for it in america for ages but i was watching it sort of on a daily basis and it was scarily climbing up the thing and it was like fuck this mm. is never going to end for them yeah, if there's anything 2020 has taught me, eh? it's like you never know what's around the corner. Oh, it's the fucking <laughs> apocalypse this year, man. Seriously, like there's so great. much mm. shit going on aside from COVID and because of COVID that just yeah. ties it. Like there's supposed to be Makes a fucking worse. asteroid that's going to hit the earth this year, I'm pretty sure. It's oh, crazy. that's like a very like low percent though. Like the, the news, like the media just runs with anything that they get for like anything that like NASA or like the space, any yeah. like, sort of international space agency claims and they just run with it and they're like they just have this massive headline like asteroid coming in november watch out and it's like two See meters the irony big. in that you know they're yeah. they're profiting off of such a detrimental story to yeah. profit their it's their company yeah yeah like about something that's gonna just wipe us all like if, it, if it's as extravagant as it can be to wipe us out they're mm. just saying you know, we'll just hype up the story about what's going to end the world so we yeah. can be the best news Outward. reporters, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. but we're all going to die. You know, it's like, that's just... That's but just even, even I'm not like, I have like looked a little bit into like just asteroids and stuff just because I'm more interested in like space of night sky photography stuff. But like the the one that I think either you were talking about or like one that is supposed to, supposedly going to hit like later this year, there has a slight chance of hitting. It's like 0.04%. And it's, oh, really? Yeah, and the the body of, like, rock or ice or whatever it's made out of is, like, two metres big. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not going to, it's not going to, like, f- super wreck everything. No. But... It'll do some damage. It'll do some damage. To someone but, somewhere. Yeah. Um, two metres wide, like, that's pretty big, but, like, in the scale, it'll the get scale through of our the earth, atmosphere. like, it's not... Oh, no, because, yeah. like, I think... It, like, is this sort of a, like, is there a gravitational deterrent for asteroids? Like, is it... Is it like mm. if someone's coming straight to the Earth, that's just it's on a straight route. There's no sort of like gravitational pull that sort of pulls it to like the outer edges uh, of it or anything. Well, it, it'll be affected by gravity at any point of its orbit. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And so of course, I mean, as soon as it enters our atmosphere, yeah. there's gravity pulling that down. But like before that, yeah. So I mean, if it swings past say something that has quite a strong gravitational pull, like Jupiter, 
and it's got like quite a wide orbit and it's going like way, like say it comes close to Earth. There's quite a few of them that have like identified where it comes really close to Earth and then passes and then its orbit is so massive that it might not come back to Earth or crossing Earth's paths for like hundreds to thousands of years. Mm. But for the time that we've had the technology to monitor these things, some of them have quite a short orbit to a year or we'll pass through like with meteor showers we'll pass through the debris of a comet that has passed through but every year we'll just go past through its debris oh yeah around yeah. the sun back around that's winter or whatever season it is that's like then, that graham hancock thing have you listened to much of that yeah where he reckons that like we're blindly walking through like a i don't know a highway of asteroids and then we should be spending our money on war. We should be like our, our our galaxy or our planet. Our planet. Our planet. I think I'm not. What there. like it, they're they're just intertwined with our. Yeah, orbit. yeah. So like, if you think of like all the planets and then the Earth revolving around the Sun, that's only like what? I don't know how many planets there are. There's like nine or something. Correct me if I'm wrong. I uh, don't have the right answer. So. And yeah. then well, it depends if you can include Pluto or not. True. Oh. But other January than that, you've got much. all these like <laughs> all these bodies of like just meteorites and comets and whatever you've got like just floating around in space other than what is just empty space. And if it's quite large, it'll like leave all these like I don't know, like debris of rocks and ice behind it. And then when the Earth pass passes through that and like the orbit that it that it takes, um, like they've predicted like every year there's a certain like there's a multitude of meteor showers and that's just Earth passing through the same orbit as the comet every year and they've been able to calculate it like, oh, hey, like this comet's going to be, or this meteor shower's going to be active between like July right. and August. So there's a cluster that's moving. Around, yeah. Not with us though if we're going through it. No, no, no. So I mean like it could have like already passed through and we're just going through what's like left over from it going by and it's just like particles of like rock and dust which are quite small but when we pass through it they appear as meteorites and they like burn through the atmosphere and burn up quite bright right and then when we're on earth looking up at the sky we're just looking at like you could look out and maybe seeing like the better meteor showers 50 to 200 an hour right but then there's a lot of these like minor meteor showers which only produce maybe one to 20 an hour so there's a lot more minor ones than major ones but how often is this happening all the time and it just depends on like the place, like the northern hemisphere compared to the southern hemisphere. You'll be able to observe different meteor showers at different times of the year. Um, right. So, so what is actually, are they actually like hitting the Earth, or are they dissolving? They're burning. They? They're, they're burning in the, up in the atmosphere oh, as they enter the Earth's orbit and into the atmosphere, and then they're, they're just burning because they're quite small. They can burn up in the atmosphere by traveling at the speed they are, and then yeah. heating up and then disintegrating. But something quite large would burn up to a degree. But then you've still got this big, like, big bloody rock core. core coming right back at us and then it either explodes over Earth, which is what has happened in, like, Russia or Siberia oh, in, like, 19... I was 19... going to say that. Yeah, no, yeah. to say something there. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say exactly that. I can't remember what it's called, but it was, like, yeah, in, like, the nine, sometime in the 1900s and it just, like, it didn't... It was, a like, an asteroidal body of rock ice stuff and it, like... Burned up through the atmosphere, but it was still quite a decent sized piece of material that was entering the atmosphere. Instead of impacting with the Earth, creating a massive crater and an explosion and all this stuff, it exploded mid air 
like five to ten kilometers above the atmosphere, and the explosion itself just wiped out like thousands. It was like, the size it was of like London. Yeah, it was like hundreds, like just kilometers of trees, like just got flattened because this thing just exploded above it and just like pushed all the energy straight down and out. So it didn't actually hit the earth. It just yeah. So it entered the atmosphere. It didn't hit the earth, but like blew up. Yeah. And then that was just done. So like even if like with all these like ones that they've predicted that have got a similar orbit to us and they might like narrowly pass us or if they get like if their orbits change by like in, like coming into the same orbit as another planet or something and it gets like modified or whatever then that changes its direction and then I suppose that's where the scientists and stuff can predict like all every orbit that it passes and then they can calculate hopefully they can like also calculate any interferences with that orbit if it's like quite a big piece of material that could mm. like cause another extinction or like something quite massive to like it could, if it could wipe out a massive city like London that's something you need to worry about if it's something that could wipe out just lucky it was where it was eh? yeah exactly it it's all just chance and it's like even so, if like with so that where, example where are these like if there's that amount this might be a stupid question but the amount that's coming into our atmosphere is coming from the ones that are in our orbit, right? Yeah. So they where were are they through, coming yeah. from? So they've entered our orbit from the other like parts beyond of the Jupiter. Yeah, other like outside of our solar system or within our solar system, because there's like a, I think it's between is it Mars and Jupiter? There's like the asteroid belt, and that's just like a big old ring of just like debris and asteroids and mm. all this like material that hasn't actually been brought into a planet and then absorbed or, like, burnt up or actually formed, like, a solid um, rock or right. whatever we're on. Like, the moon, I don't know how it was formed, but it was, like, I think how things are formed. It's just got, like, a bunch of debris just collects over time mm. and with the gravitational pull, it just centers around that one core and then just builds That's on wild. that. And then if it's quite small, it'll just burn up in that pull. And if it doesn't... That's, that's like, that's proof of gravity. Because, yeah. like, you look at the shape of the moon is so perfect. There's that with a one force that would pull that much material into one object. It's such, like, a perfect shape. That, yeah, yeah, means yeah. that there's something pulling that to that. You know, it's not just, like, rocks coming together and then you get this random shape of things. Yeah, it's not a bunch there's of a rocks. There's a pull that's yeah. pulling it together. It's such, like, a congested mass. Yeah, yeah. That it's just perfectly round. Like, that's... So does gravity, I don't, I don't know, centre around the moon? Evidently. Is that correct? No. No. But you say there's a gravitational pull From between the things to start the, the formation of the moon. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when you're, when you're on the moon, you're not That's what I was thinking. pulled by gravity, are you? You are, but less so than on Earth. You still come back down, don't you? Yeah. So, like, if you like on the like videos, whether they're real or not, for some people, um, <laughs> <laughs> they they do when they're like walking on the moon, they're like taking even just like stepping. They've got higher and probably further steps than they do on Earth, because what's actually pulling them down to the ground, that force is like lower on the moon than it is on Earth. So right. instead of like walking in a straight line, they'd be like kind of like hopping or bouncing. So, yeah, that makes yeah. Sense. You know a lot about this, eh? I actually never realised. It's quite interesting. Yeah, eh? really? I suppose yeah. this is your 
you know. I'm trying to learn a bit more, but stuff. Dude, I just learned check about me asteroid mining and how much materials there are. Oh, bro, that's the future, and, eh? Oh, fuck, that it's, sounds insane. Because I was talking to Casey about this on an earlier podcast about how resources are running out. And we're like we're eventually going to use up all of Earth's resources, ones that aren't. Um, yeah. What's the word? Re- like sustainable, like recyclable, Re, like you know, re- can the, regener- the, for the yeah. regenerating. Yeah, yeah. Resources, you know. Yeah. Um, and asteroid mining is yeah, that sounds insane. Being mm. able to enter Fly space, a and robot, cut up a rock in space, and get what we need from it and bring it back down. Yeah. And they've even I looked at a video recently that. Um, they were talking about how some other space agency is actually like contemplating going to mine the moon, and they've actually like produced like because of all like because the moon is the closest body in space to us, it would make not make sense, but kind of make sense to go and mine that to see what kind of resources it has, and then with all the data that they've had, been able to like fly satellites around the moon and actually measure it, they've actually been able to calculate the composition of the material. In the moon, so they've spent like years and years and years just like taking all these images around the moon, and then from that they've actually calculated the actual like mass, the density of the surface. So you like look at a overall like on whatever the apps or computer programs that they're using, you have this one image of the moon, and you can color code it for like what the moon is made out of. So you can see, like, yellow would represent a certain one, green would represent another one, and you could actually go to a certain spot where you know there's actually a high density of that material, mine it, send it back to Earth, and you're breezy. Fuck. So, like, I don't know, like... That's insane. insane. Yeah. Don't fuck with the moon. That's cool. No, fuck. My initial thought there is don't fuck with the moon. Because, like, that affects... The moon affects things here on Earth, like... Tides. I suppose the, the 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 size of the moon is still huge. Like it would take a while for that to happen, but that's still probably another thing that you're gonna like. What if you what if you end up mining all the resources that we need from the moon, and then we have no moon because that affects our tides and things like that as well. There's a slippery slope, eh? Yeah, dude. That's not even worth it. I don't know about moon mining, but asteroid mining for sure. Yeah, that's like, like, but it's just a it's just a way of like sustainably getting out to space. Like the amount of fuel it takes to get rockets into orbit. It's insanely expensive. Oh, like imagine. you're burning so much. Like they they have um, some smaller systems where they only need the fuel to sort of get these ships and whatever it is that they're putting into orbit. They only need to get them so far. But mm-hmm. to get like a full on rocket ship into space, like the fuel used is insanely expensive. Like that's why you don't see it that often because it's fucking crazy. Mm. Like that's a huge like you'll be working on months to get like a rocket ship up into space. So to even start thinking about mining asteroids, you have to think about how you're gonna get a person or a, a robot of whatever kind to get into space, mm. how long they're gonna be there for, how long you can keep them there for and working before they have to come back down again. How many are you going to do? How much is it going to cost you to get all of those things into space to mine? How much can they bring back at a time? Like how much can they actually like hold in their thing? And if you want to get more at a time, you're going to need a bigger rocket ship, which means more fuel to get it up there. Send pods back down with it and they can stay for longer Yeah, there'd be ways around it, but just like... You still got the same concept of having to like send something from Earth to supply something that is self-sufficient in space, but there's always going to be the point until they become completely 
hundred percent self sufficient in space in terms of getting like fuel, food. Well, surely all they that can other stuff. start fueling themselves up with what they're mining, and it, all of a sudden you've got something up there yeah. that's actually doesn't yeah. have to keep on sending up supplies. To yeah, them. You, yeah. You want some? You probably want something that has is equipped with pods, like you say, something that can carry a certain amount of empty capsules, send it up there in one ship. And it, you can program it to go to different asteroids, mm. mine whatever it is you need to put it into a pod and send that back into orbit. Because once it's into orbit, it'll come back down. And you just yeah. have to program a way for it to land safely, whether that's just a parachute or something that you can re- sort of release or whatever. But yeah. something that it can mine, fill it up, send that down, mine, fill it up, send that down yeah. as much as you can possibly get on that thing. And Without it's it burning up in the trip. atmosphere as yeah, well. Because like. that, that's just one flight to get so many... Pieces worth of it rather yeah. than sending like 10 of the same thing up to do one job and all come back down, you know. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is just me spitballing, but I imagine it's going to be some sort of system like that because getting things into orbit is crazy expensive. So it's yeah. like, how worth it is it? How much can we get to make it worthwhile, you know? Mm. But that's, I think, a, that's a weird thing to think about how like resources that aren't renewable, yeah, like. To think about how much, like, like metals, for example, I don't know if they sort of, I don't know, I don't know the the science behind how metals are made and where they come from, but surely it gets to a point where there's no more metal left to dig up, no more aluminium left to dig up, or whatever it is yeah. that you sort of, you have for, to yeah. just start like taking apart things that are already made out of that, yeah, to make something else with it. Yeah, that's such yeah. a weird thought that we would run out of a certain thing. Mm. Yeah, but that also makes you think about how much is available underneath the Earth, like yeah. how much we have made from things that have come from the Earth. It's a scary thought to think that everything that is above ground is made from something that has come from below ground, and how much is still being pulled up and used, but, but like, then how much is already pieces? up here yeah. that could be reused. Like it's just a wet, like we're turning yeah. the planet inside out, so to speak. Mm. Because we're just pulling things out from underneath and turning them into these things. Like you think about how much material goes into like a cell phone and how many, mm. like when the new iPhone comes out, how many of those things are produced? Where the hell does all that stuff come from? Like is that is that like things that have been turned into the new materials that they're using? Like mm. all the batteries that are made, like they're usually probably lithium batteries. Yeah, That's another that say, crazy yeah. dangerous thing at the moment. Mm. It's, just, it's just a weird thought. And I just wonder how much of it is actually being renewed or how much is actually being pulled up. We'll just get to the point where the Earth's just like, we've just bust, fucking yeah. taken all we can get from it. We're just like, fucking humans. like Bora. <laughs> so Bora and Timber. And they just pretty much like, it's good Timber. And then it just eats it, eats it all. And yeah, it yeah. just collapses. Yeah. just disintegrates in your yeah. hands. That's, that's, that's mm. a good way to look at it, actually. You're eating it up from the inside. Eventually, we'll just crumble. Yeah, but obviously, like you look at the size of the Earth and you look at the size of us three sitting at this table here, like the amount that we could get out from the ground is next to nothing. Yeah, but mm. it's the fact that it's happening on a global everywhere scale, yeah. on a global scale, and it's been happening for centuries. Yeah, we just got to keep the soil, keep the soil in good condition. Now, that's something I heard about over summer, and I'd never heard about that. And it's just <clears throat> if the soil goes bad, we're cooked. I think it's. That's kind of what it's about in that movie. What is it, Interstellar? At the start, mm. I think mm. that's kind of why, why they can only grow corn because it's like the soil can only deal with that. Yeah, right. And also, also, like it's all mm. dust because 
it's not no moisture in the ground, it's all crap, and that's why they got those big dust storms mm. because, yeah, the soil has gone bad. Well, if you have no good soil, you've got no plants no and trees, yeah. you've got no, no oxygen. Yeah. So, yeah, and that was <laughs> Then you're done. Like, <laughs> you're fucked, mate. Yeah, it was something that was gnarly I didn't even know about. My mate, he's a geologist, is that right? Yeah, and he was just talking so. about it, and I was like, that's why this whole permaculture buzz is becoming a bit of a thing. Permaculture. Which I, I think is mean. Is is pretty much more or less. I'm not an expert, but let's say you have a farm or a small property, something that you can manage, and everything you have everything on that f- farm or lifestyle block, whatever, goes back in to the ground to help the soil break down, as it would have on the fl- forest floor once. Mm-hmm. You know, all of the foliage falls down and eventually breaks down, turns into rich soil, whatever, then you'll have like, you know, certain breeds of animals, which one will benefit the other one. I can't think of any examples right now, but like maybe you'll have some different animals at different heights even. So you can have animals that will eat like low foliage or whatever. And then you might have some sizier animals and they're getting higher up. What I'm trying to say is that there's a purpose for everything, you know, like on this I don't know. I haven't actually watched it. I just heard heaps about it. My brother's real keen to even watch over lockdown. I mm. never did. What, Interstellar? No, not Interstellar. Uh-huh. Um, it was called <laughs> Biggest Little Farm. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no, bro, not Interstellar. No, Biggest Little Farm. Oh, yeah. And it's about some guy, who, I think he worked at like National <laughs> Geographic. So he made this mean doco about it all and how he did it. Yeah. But yeah, more or less that's what it's about. Like one example is they started getting heaps of crickets on their farm. So they got ducks because ducks or geese eat crickets they eat them so it's just like trying to instead of going and getting bug killer or, or whatever cricket killer or whatever mm. they're just getting another animal in there to do that and then all of a sudden now you've got this good duck shit or whatever going <laughs> into the soil as well so I don't know that was something that I'd heard about over summer and I was like oh that's actually a low key pretty good program yeah something mm. tried to Aim their life for that in that direction, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's it's good to have ideas like that, and and those things can be super sustainable and you know the way of the future. But it's about getting the the majority to get involved on it, which never usually happens. Like there's so many ways in which to do things, but the problem is like there's too many aspects of people or too many people involved in these in these scenarios that are in it for profit. And the only way to make a profit is to do it as cheap as possible, which is usually unethical. So Catalyst. it's pretty yeah, it's pretty Shame hard to turn boards. the minds of people that are mm. already set in the ways of something that's making them money because realistically in the short term of like how you are living on this earth, aside from the the um, environmental side of things, you just want to turn a profit. You know, Most people mm. just want to make as much money as they can in their lifetime. And if that means doing it away at the time of the earth, realistically, it's probably not going to affect them into the short yeah. amount of time that they're here. So you, it's hard to convince a huge corporation that's doing something on such a mass scale that is hurting the earth to really go, hey, you guys should look ethically at what you're doing and probably change that because mm. for them to have to change that, they're going to have to go, okay, well, that means we're going to have to pay more to get whatever the tools are necessary to do it this way or, you know, pay certain people to do it this way yeah. or whatever it is that's needed to do it. And it's probably not going to profit them as much as they would if they do it, did it unethically or the way that they usually do it. So, I mean, that that sounds fantastic, but it's like 
it might sound like the way of the future, but practically speaking, like it's probably not going to get to the higher ups and really actually be something that is implemented in the way in the world works, you know? Yeah, but up until, you know, now more or less, it's beginning to become more and more <clears throat> our generation because we're becoming getting in higher and higher positions with our ages. That's true. And stuff. And it's just, you know, it can't change with the click of the fingers. It's going to have to be oh, a progressive sure. thing. And hopefully it will just siphon out yeah you know once you get rid of all the all the stuck in their ways people, yeah exactly. you know, <laughs> exactly. which is usually in the older generation yeah, yeah. but even even then like there's not going to be a whole generation of people that sort of grow like you probably would have thought the same thing you know a generation ago being like oh the people are growing up they're more open-minded or they they have more ideas yeah. to do things in this way like the you think about the people that are coming up with those ideas now mm. are like another generation higher than us that have already yeah. thought that way so realistically to have a whole generation that thinks the one way and when they get to of a certain age the world's going to be different is kind of unrealistic like there's always going to be people that are brought up in those families that are mm. taught a certain way and have sort of a mindset or mind frame around how things should be done you know but surely but yes majority speaking like there's there's more open minded people and surely it's millennial. never been put in our face as much as it has been now like yeah. <clears throat> as long as i can remember the most scary topic at school was global warming sure and like that is on the back of all of our minds, mm. like that is the scary threat of our generation or whatever, everyone. Mm. So that may not have been the program for our parents' generation. They were just actually ignorance, please, content, whatever that sure. saying is. And it's like they just didn't know. And it is like teaching an old dog a new trick and stuff. And I'm not perfect. Obviously, no, sometimes the easier option because we're humans, we just go for a day. That's but. the thing, man. Like, no one can live their life fully, like, eco-friendly, you know. There's going to be something in your life somewhere. Like, being human, we we indulge in things. Like, like yeah. if, if, if being, being eco-friendly or ethical means that you take the joy away from something... You can only sort of withstand that for so long before you sort of go, oh, well, I'll just, I'll just do this here, or I'll eat this mm. thing this one time, or I'll, I'll do this one thing this time, and you know, don't feel so guilty. Like to, to realistically think that you can go your whole life fully ethical and and fully safe mm. for the environment is super unrealistic. Like there's, there's going to be something somewhere, some train of something that you do at some point that's going to lead to some sort of unsustainable method or or un, un, unethical thing, you know. Yeah, I know. That's I've heard a saying once, and it was, "To be a human is to pollute." Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Yeah, hundred percent. That is true." But it is also pretty. Like, that's pretty grim way to think about every day. Like, aside from all this happening, like I don't want to wake up every day and just think that, like, oh, me being alive is contributing to global warming. Yeah, and then it's kind of like. You might have the occasional slip up, but if you're 92% trying to do those more ethical things, you're making 92% more of a yeah. difference. But you think but about how much you can do or not do in your lifestyle to help the environment or, or you know, support sustainable mm -hmm. companies or whatever. There's too many things to, to have to be aware of. There's going to be something along the line that you've bought or Definitely. consumed that is there's some 
unethical transfer somewhere, or, yeah. or process involved somewhere that you know it's like, it's just like yes humans pollute but like it's because we're an intelligent being you know we've, we've been able to make things that have negative connotations without any knowledge of that beforehand you know we, we've, we've created products that in the long term have started causing negative things but at the time we made them we had no idea what was ethical and it or ethical and unethical or environmentally friendly or not environmentally friendly and now they've just these are just things that are implemented in our life mm-hmm. and are just sort of the new norm so for anyone to really like uh, uh, the amount of of pollution that I've contributed to the world is probably very significant and same with probably you guys as well like no one's no one's perfect in that regard like you're bound to pollute and in our society where we are we have these things available to us on a daily basis and we are involved in these activities and purchases and things. There's no way that one person can can be perfect in that regard. Like what even is perfect? Like there's no way that you can't pollute. There's gonna be yeah, something somewhere. Driving to the supermarket. All you can do is do your best. Like if you're if you're looking at a dietary thing, like you don't have to be vegan to save the planet. You can have a steak once in a while if you want to eat meat. If you don't, if you if you're fully vegan, fantastic. Like if you can live a vegan lifestyle, that's that's amazing. Like fantastic, good yeah. on you. But no one's gonna kill you if you fucking have a steak every once in a while or yeah. whatever it is gonna be. You know, like it's 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 that that scale in comparison to what you're doing. That's just a treat every now and then. Like we're humans, we have to indulge at some point. Like it's just in our nature now. You know, yeah. like like. The, you shouldn't put labels on yourself. That's a god. That's a whole other other conversation. But yeah. you know, if mm. if you if you want to like label yourself as an environmentally friendly person, you're gonna you're gonna hate yourself more if you do something that yeah. is outside of that framework. You know, if you live the majority of your life mm. thinking, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna put most of my time and effort in making sure that I don't buy products from this company, or I'm not gonna consume this thing from these people, or I'm not gonna you know. I'm going to throw my waste out properly or whatever it's going to be. I'm going to recycle, do that. that. Mm. If, if you do that 80% of the time, that's amazing. That's mm. better than most people, you know. Mm. No one can seriously be 100% ethical yeah, and sustainable it. and yeah. eco-friendly and whatever. Like in, in today's culture, it's just, mm. it's just not going to happen. Mm. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Unless, yeah, you live on a permaculture farm, you don't drive anywhere, you don't buy oh, any clothing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, if you're away from like city life, it's probably like just in their nature too to just probably do things that aren't, you know, and it's like, keep yeah. using the same words, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's a pretty classic situation, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> classic. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, all you can do is try your best. Mm, like, exactly. There's yeah. just too much out there that is is not. Yeah. The way it should be done, and it's usually done for profit, and and you, it's going to be, and you have to pretty much take over those companies to to do to have them do something the way that you want it. You're never going to convince a big corporation not to farm animals this way or mm. create this product this way. You you basically have to take over that corporation or whatever it is to yeah, and to, have, to change that way. Or whatever, you know, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Is it? Life is too short for those people to to change to an eco-friendly system because it's not going to profit them, and all they want to do is make profit. So mm. you have to either start your own business, which is can be immensely hard. Especially in these times. Oh shit, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> and to be able to to get that company to a level where it is making change on a large scale mm. is going to take years and probably generations before it even really makes a difference. And it's probably too late because we're already fucked in a couple of years anyway. And uh, mm. that is the thing that I find really crazy. 
And I think such that, an optimist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thing that I find really crazy, and I think about a lot, is I don't know, like the perception of time, the fact that a simple tool once took a hundred years to develop, mm. and progressively, the new iPhone. When I was young, I had like a Nokia brick, you know, and that wasn't even early cell phone or whatever. Like and then now it's like. What an iPhone twelve? Uh, a twelve's coming out. So twelve's we're coming up out. to eleven technically. So you know, you see that progression. Mm. That is just like ridiculously fast. Oh, from iPhone one to iPhone now, that's only happened over like the last decade. And like that's a really short span of time to get from that model to the model that we have now. Yeah, like there's the same amount of technical differences. Like they're, they're still the same concept. But that's still a huge leap in what's happened in that time frame with technology. So that's now, pretty scary. And I think, like, I don't know, this is slightly going off topic, but just along the same lines of that um, fast, you know, um, development of technology. Mm. I don't know if it's just undercalled, but I feel like we just take on so much information now that no one else in any other generation has had to do. No, definitely like, not. We just take on so much garbage into our minds. Like surely that's we're just hooked not on these good. things, man. And it's just it's just information central. Like you're you're just loaded with stuff that you didn't even want to know. You um, know, it's yeah. just it's just put in front of you. I've had to learn how to use eleven different iPhones. Mm. You know, yeah, that's even just that, and then all of the the ways I figured out how to navigate my way around that phone just get deleted every time I go into a new phone, mm. whatever. It's just like brain space. Yeah. That is just gone forever now. Yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> that's what I think about, you know. Like It'll be weird to there, see but. what we are like when we're 80, you know. Like we're actually make it to 80. Make like, ourselves dumb almost, eh? It's going to be so bizarre because we'll have so many ideas about how the world works and how we receive our information. Like, it'll be interesting to see how many things aren't around when we're that age, you know, things that we mm. consume now or, or, you know, like is the is the is televised programming even going to be a thing? Like are we Probably just going to be able to watch what we want all the time at, at will, you know? Like is there even going to be live TV anymore? Like stuff like that, like the newspaper that's nah, going to be around forever. Yeah. That's, that's, that, that's a somewhat unethical thing, the amount of paper that goes into making yeah. the newspaper that goes mm. around like the city and country. Sticking. Holding on to that one for a bit of tradition, eh? I yeah. suppose. I mean, like, aside from whether it's a good or bad thing production wise, like, <laughs> it's a pretty nice thing to wake up in the morning, have you make a cup of coffee, and go get the paper and sit down and read the paper. You know, I get that. And it's a comfort thing. But eh? it's like, yeah. at the same time, even if that gets transferred to something that we consume through a device, those devices are probably like polluting. Like, you think about, uh, think about the amount of iPhones that get thrown out on a yearly basis. That is probably way worse the, for the environment compared to the amount of newspaper that's being made. Yeah. I'm just presuming because the like like e waste is awful. Yeah. Like if if Apple was making a, a new iPhone every year, you think about how many people are buying that new iPhone every year because they they can. And what's happening to their old ones? Like are they people just chucking them out? Like if they're yeah. not selling them on, they're usually just going to waste. You know. Like the mm. amount that goes into making that thing. And how right much there. energy has been used yeah, the materials, to pull out all these materials yeah. out of the ground and into your palm. Yeah. It's like the way of the future is these devices, but 
is it is it the ethical way of the future? You know, no way. is it the sustainable no. way? It's yeah. just like no one thinks of that. Like I love technology and I love the new advances in technology, and I think we as a generation love what we can do with our phones now. Like yeah. aside from whether it's good or bad, it's amazing that we're able to do whatever function is now available on these devices. But long term, mm-hmm. like it's just it's just going to turn into crap. Like yeah, it's going to be. Cr- Crazy. Think about yeah. like, oh, dude. If, if Apple keeps putting, I keep saying Apple. All all tech companies that are putting these products out. You think about how much e waste there's going to be over the next ten years because all oh, these new products are going to be coming out. And because our generation, like our generation now, and perhaps the one above and below us, are going to be consuming these devices. Mm. But the generations above, like not a lot of old people, older people have a. a you know, a device like this, or at least as, as as much as we do on sort of a scale of things. So you imagine when we're at that age and we still have whatever devices happening at the time, there are all the generations below us that are going to have those devices as well. There's going to yeah. be so much more demand for them. Like there's such a huge demand for them now, but you think about how much there's going to be when Years, we're yeah. way older, you know, there's going to be so much more. And how do you keep making things if we just use up all of what the world is able to give us, you know? Yeah, crazy. Good God. 2020. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Fucking hell. We're going through it, aren't we? I love it. We've just stepped into the future, eh? It is. Like, this is a real eye-opener into how the world is going to. Running, yeah. And how it's running and, and what is doing good and doing bad. It's time to think. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It is. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. It is. Oh, well. well, look, boys. I really appreciate you coming on. Always nice to see your faces. So we've been talking for what two hours? Yeah, two right. hours. Who'd have guessed? Yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah, crazy. Yeah, mm. time flies in the booth. In the booth. In the booth. Yes. <laughs> and I just like to say you've done an amazing job. Thanks with yeah. the space, my man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's been it's been awesome, and I'm glad to get it to where it is now, and glad to you know be able to accommodate you guys in this way, just sort of have you stroll on in and sort of get straight into it, rather than sort of having any fluff before and after you know yeah i'd like to follow up on that dan um i was gonna say that i didn't find the time to squeeze it on in there no <laughs> oh, i got it. walking in here for the first time today i've heard a lot about it over a little while last little while pretty impressed mm. wicked job eh? i'm i'm humbled Quite i really pleasure. appreciate that you're looking pretty humble no. <laughs> 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 all right let's all end right. it here i think that was fantastic i really enjoyed that i think we'll definitely have you guys out again in the future that was really fun and get into more of that space shit because that's some good stuff space cool. yeah. all right, all right. <laughs> mean thanks Catch for, you later. thanks bye everyone bye. later <laughs> harry signing out no. <laughs> <laughs> love it love it love it fantastic Woo. sweet oh nice oh my butt your butt gotta stand up Show for artists of all kinds. Sit down and relax. Enjoy the music.